up, what's up, what's up, guys? It is the beginning of 2020. We made it. First episode. Uh, this is the first episode for a new year. A new decade. It is. Oh. Yes. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> and if you're wondering whose voice that is, smooth, right? That is uh, Kyle Mason. You might not know him too much, but if you do, he's the guy who's on the B-pop advertisement for the uh, That's So Party coming up today, actually, that, that we're recording. That's, yeah, it's tonight. Yeah. yeah. And um, he's also in a lot of videos for us for the past events, too. He's kind of like a choreographer, uh, what, what's our videographer genius. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. No, he's actually that good. Like, look him up if you need uh, any type of work done. I'm, he's going to charge you for real because he's not a bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I don't know, right? Yeah, but I mean, let's be real. It's, nah. he's, he's got mad work, and he's really reasonable. So, um, Thanks, But yo, man, uh, there's a lot more to you than just that. So, uh, I mean, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little backstory in there. You can check out my autobiography. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be sick. I <laughs> wish, autobiography. Honestly, now that she said, like, I wish people actually did that on Facebook and, like, Instagram. Like, imagine, because I know it's kind of like a joke. At yeah. this point, Tinder, everybody, everyone kind of makes up some weird bio. Right. And it's like a joke. And no one takes that shit seriously because it's, like, lame to take it seriously. But what if people actually put their bio in their bio? I mean, I think we should all, like, be able to write some type of memoir or something. Like by thirty or by forty, like that'd be dope if we had like you, you know we got like a scholarship from the government to write a memoir. Oh my god, that yeah. It's like, here's five k to spend. You know, I'll take some money from the government. You know, <laughs> that, that'd be a weird back. like I don't know what that would do for history, but it's like I mean it would do a lot as far as like recording history. You'd be like, oh, this person's this, 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 and the other. Right. But it was like imagine if like uh, you jumped online and you were like, oh, this person's kind of interesting, and you went to their page and immediately said, I was born here, moved here when I was eight. Da, 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 da. My, I have both my parents. You know what I mean? Like, you what know. if it just did everything? Like, right then, you could just find out everything. That'd be interesting. Like the NSA style bio. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. all your uh, test scores up. It'd make, I don't know, maybe it'd be worse because then people would get bored of talking to each other. No, I, <laughs> I, mean, I think it'd be better. When you think about it, we're already kind of doing that with like vlogging and, and internet, just like, uh, you know, documenting, documenting all, like, all the info that we have. Uh, that's actually an interesting point because. People are so starved, I think, for connection since we're so, uh, like, disassociated via the internet that, right. like, cute things and, and things that are, like, really wholesome content are, seems to be, like, the way to go now because it seems like, you know, the society is so starved for that stuff. Yeah. I would be really down for, like, yeah, just kind of like a, an autobiography, like, autobiographical, biographical, <laughs> I can't speak right right now. Um, it's early, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we started this at twelve, and it was snowing this morning. Yeah, Everyone trying to stay in. Like, man, be morning. I <laughs> uh, got my lips all locked up, but it's like a, that'd be an interesting thing. You know, you go to someone's page, and instead of like creeping in all this information and only getting a bit, like imagine like a video or just like in some like form of like art where they get to tell their story and like you know I could see people doing that through like you know paintings and stuff just telling right. their story through pictures or even you know you know even through like the the typical you know vlog kind of style have you ever like uh, met a musician that you listen to or like a streamer that you watch i feel like you have this information about them and yeah. it's asymmetrical like imagine if you meet it's that parasocial yeah, yeah. relationship imagine like if you listen to the podcast and then you meet josh which has happened to a couple people. Yeah, and he, that's and so it's so cool. Like I like, like meeting them. It's just I don't know what to fucking say because like, like they know you, or they they know so much about you, but you don't know that much about them. But what if like you met someone that you listen to their podcast and they listen to your podcast? So it's symmetrical. So y'all are almost like mm. friends already. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's weird. Because you that, know that, me, that's, that's I know you. Why like we're not friends? <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird thing. Like. I'm looking to get into the social media, like putting my face out there, putting like what I can do out there more. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing at cons to have people come up to you and like 
they talk to you like they know your day and it's like you forget that you made that post that said everything you did yeah, that day but yeah. when they tell you it back to your face you're like what you're like this is so they don't weird. they don't start with they a lot of times they don't start with like a reference they just kind of like yo man I, like how's that thing going you're like but to them, they've known you for a while. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Also, but that post know. happened a month ago. Yeah, oh, okay, but to them, yeah. that's recent. Like that's current to them. Right. It's a weird thing. Cause, you know, I, I've made posts where it's like, you know, ah, uh, you know, job is giving me more hours. You know, this is happening in life. I'm gonna be a little bit absent from Instagram or something, and I just put it on my story. So there were 24 hours, and you like sometimes I'll check to see how many views it gets, and sometimes I don't. But like. You know, it's weird when someone comes up to you and they're like, you know, I, you know, you're going through a tough time. Like, how's the job working out? You, you're working here still, and you're like, what? You're like, oh my god, you know all this stuff about me. It's like a, such a weird thing that we forget that we connect that That's way. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm like the opposite. Like, I, I, I moved to California. I moved back, and people will still come up to me like, "Oh, you're back from California?" <laughs> like, oh my god, it's been two and a half years. <laughs> I just don't use social media, so it's like that's true. Kind of the really opposite don't. of it. I have yeah. to contact them on Discord. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. That's true. Hey man, Discord. Yeah, the man. future, man. I feel like we're all gonna be on some form of Discord as like our main t- tab, our main window, right? On our device, the main way of communicating. You know, there's so many different ways out there. I'm trying people, to limit it. <laughs> people that are married that they only use Discord to talk to each other. Oh they don't text, gosh. they don't call. They just use Discord. That's interesting. That's a different like group. I, is that a group of friends that he has? You think, or is that like just like the way the world's going? Like it's moving to that because I do Messenger. Oh. I'm messenger like I don't even I really don't have to call anybody like messenger lets me do everything right you know and I have a little face of the person so I don't forget you know like in yeah. your phone you kind of look at me you're like who the fuck is who, yeah. who's this yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> weird avatar like yeah new profile pic who this kind of thing <laughs> yeah profile pics like, I can tell who you are I can look at our, our our whole history from be, you know last time we spoke right text is like you know I'm cleaning my text messages out all the time and stuff so right. I don't know. No, we're definitely headed that direction. It's going to be so universal that, you know, I think everything right now is competing for that thing. You know, you have like a bajillion streaming services all competing for that thing. You have all of these social media sites all competing for that thing. Eventually, it's going to something's going to come out and it's just going to be universal. Everyone's going to use that one thing, that like one phone, that one like site. Yeah. Personally, you know, arms race, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, someone said Pornhub was going to be the thing. Straight up, like I oh can't remember who it was for video. It was uh, Drake. It was Drake. Yeah, yeah we're he was like, about video yeah, hosting. video streaming. Pornhub's like, I have to like jump off and like. <laughs> Did they innovate though? Like, because there's, the there's is, features like, that came I mean, out on there that came out on YouTube. You know, a month later because they just straight up copied it. And here's the thing: like YouTube oh. does actually like block content. Like you know, just like uh, yeah. Facebook does, and you know, Twitter uh, looks for certain words or this right. is too explicit. Pornhub's not going to care about explicit stuff. Like, no, yeah, they <laughs> obviously have everything. <laughs> you have everything on there, so it's like, I mean. I could see that being a thing, but I feel like it's going to be a lot of blowback from Republicans because just like they don't like, they like you know conservative natures yeah. generally where they go. So I think like freedom's going to dominate regardless. You know, whenever it comes to uh, you know posting any media, like Twitter's the only social media that doesn't really block stuff as much. Right. So they're kind of they have a monopoly on all these markets. Mm-hmm. So it's, when it comes to video, I think you know if anyone can make a move where it's you know they're reaching this underserved market, then they're going to win. I mean, yeah, if they can make that, they, if they can kind of break that connection, because, you know, obviously people people are going to be like, some people are going to be timid to go to Pornhub, you know, especially if yeah. they're not like, like porn <laughs> enthusiasts or anything like that. But if Pornhub did come out with some sort of like secondary branch of their site where it's like, you know, upload your videos and stuff. But we also have this mature section, which right, is yeah. the Pornhub stuff. Uh, Remember Rap like, Genius? You ever Rap, Genius. Rap Genius. Oh, my goodness. And then they rebranded yeah. to just Genius. Like yeah, that that 
that could honestly be the thing because I think like society's moving in that way where like people are just getting tired of things. You know what I'm saying? Like really fast. So I think people are, like I already know people are getting tired of like the way YouTube is doing their stuff with algorithm oh, stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, people sure. are tired of Instagram blocking everything. Uh, which is why everyone's flocking to yeah Twitter because they don't like censor their anyone's content. So. That's how it should be, honestly. But there's even right. like blowback against Twitter, so it's so oh, yeah. yeah, it's so you know developing right now. It, I think it's. A- I feel like Twitter does it by person, like they block by person. I mm-hmm. feel like from what I'm hearing from a lot of people when they complain, it's like they don't complain about Twitter as much as they do Instagram. Or Instagram's like because there have been situations. Let me put it like this: there have been situations where political candidates have been blocked for making posts, and that sways mm-hmm. the election. Like when she, once you start swaying, it's crazy. It's crazy. yeah. Once you start swaying politics, yeah. like who runs the country because you're blocking like Bernie's posts, and then you're like, oh, I don't know why I blocked it. That was a mistake because they did it to Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard. She was a Hawaiian uh, candidate, and she was she's still a Democratic candidate for president. Oh, yeah. she's still in, like the top ten. She's still pushing, but it was like I like her honestly, but I think I missed something because someone said that she said something about gay people. Um, I I don't know. I really don't know, so I can't speak on that, but. She, like, when she said something specifically, like, there was a lot of traffic going to her site. Like, it was the highest her site she was talking about. She yeah. like, it was the highest my site it had. And then her site, her, her link just stopped working. And then Instagram or Facebook, one of them was like, oh, my bad. You know, we're getting on it. And they're like, she's like, this never happens. Why would this, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they yeah. turned it back on, like, two hours later when the, the traffic had died down. So she lost a bunch of, like, possible, you know. And that's real. Like, that's a real disruption. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a conspiracy. It's, the, I mean, it's how it's going to be in the future. Like yeah. stuff just gets turned off. Like people I'm sure. control our data. Like your voice yeah. is okay. Essentially, like you were saying, like this goes I'm, in the shell full circle already. <laughs> oh, yeah, but too I mean, soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like our voice is online, right? Yeah. So like your voice, whatever you see on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, that's what your people or the people that like you, they, they see them like, oh, that's Kyle. Yeah. If certain things are getting blocked, like someone's silencing you essentially. It's kind of weird. It's like, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of power to have. Or you can just make it to where someone can't be heard. Um, yeah, and it's making, you know, what's heard different. Right. Yeah, because even with Trump, like, I don't, I'm not for Trump, but, like, if he says something and you, like, block it, it you're, you're denying people to either like it or not like it. Right. You know what I mean? You're, you're not letting people make their own decisions. And I think that's, like, to me personally, that's a problem. Yeah, it's limiting freedom, right? You're kind of, like, removing the bills, people's ability to choose, you know, what they see at that point it basically just becomes like religion <laughs> oh, you know yeah, like yeah, exactly it's just like you can't do this you can't do that and it, like the beauty of the internet is that it was supposed to be like free but obviously now it's 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 not you know places yeah. where you know it's uncensored but i mean right. i think we had we like china. we live yeah you know, china's <laughs> like the opposite yeah yeah where we lived through this golden age of the internet just being just Un, you know, oh, like a wild, um, wild west. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super wild. And like, remember Napster? No, oh, man. <laughs> and all the music pirating, like it used to Lime be so, Wire. Yeah, <laughs> Lime Wire, man. <laughs> Lime Wire. Every time I was looking for a song, it'd be Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Every file. Be careful with that roll. download, bro. Careful with that download. <laughs> I crashed so many computers. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, dude. Telling you. Oh Drink man. That Soldier Boy. Exe. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> This doesn't sound like Talib Kweli. <laughs> no, man, it, it's it's a crazy time. I'm I'm like I'm so psyched because it's 2020 now, right? Yeah. yeah. And we literally lived through, like we we were born in the 90s. I don't know. I was 91. 91. I was 93. So, yeah, you went to high school with us then. You were a sophomore when we were seniors. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. wild, right? That is so wild, bro. Like, 
new decade like still it's weird how like it's a new decade and it's everyone feels new like fresh you know and it's like times are still like exactly the same as they were like a week ago (laughs) but like it's so that that feeling of like optimism you know everyone's like start fresh let's do it right this this decade that's that's at least like a promising thing it feels good you know there's not this like negativity well i mean obviously there's so much negativity in there but but, like there's still like hope you know hopefulness that things are going to be good I like that. That, that. Like, I was actually thinking about that a, a while ago where it was like, so in fighting, there's this thing. I don't, don't want to relate this to fighting right now, but like, I will. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in fighting, there's a the thing like well, your record. It's not like football season where like in football, there's 16 games a season, right? Right. right. And at the end of every season, you're like, oh, we, we fucked it up. We restart next season. We try again. In fighting, that doesn't happen. So in fighting, once you go pros, like every loss, win, they stick to you forever. So if you had a bad start, they don't care. Like that's just what it is. Like, hey man, you lost three times, and people are gonna bring that up forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Man. I feel like it'd be great because I was thinking mindset wise. Yeah, if you want more exciting fights and you want more people to be hyped to keep fighting, I feel like starting over every two years or so would be good for, for someone's mentality. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you were saying, sending it with the, the decade. Like I can only imagine if I was like, damn, I lost two fights this year. I look, I, I will say, I was six and two, and I was mm-hmm. like, I, I could be better. That one fight was a fluke. I got knocked out. This happened. Whatever. I would love to be able to be like, well, next, you know, a week from now, it's all resetting. I'm going fresh. You know, like that mindset. Yeah. I feel like that'd be huge for people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, now I kind of, I understand the whole decade thing. Because I've, I've seen this. I worked at gyms before. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always like an influx of 200 people. Oh, no. Like the yeah. <laughs> just gets and I, I, dude, I root for them all yeah. the time. I want them to succeed, but they don't. Right? <laughs> they, they refuse to succeed. But you think like how many regulars that you normally see, like, in, you know, August or whatever came from that. January resolution. Almost none. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. All right. The fall off is real. Yeah. Yeah, the fall yeah. off is extra real, bro. <laughs> oh, fall off 76 out there, bro. It's, it's not working oh, anyway. Well, reference, sir. This yeah. is the time to do it, though. I've, I've set some goals for myself physically as well, I'm trying to learn some tricking stuff for, because uh, I do like the lightsaber combat. Mm. Can you talk uh, about that? I'm, I'm, I wasn't Kyber. aware. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Kyber combat is. Also, hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, George, man. I. I thought that George in the podcast too. Oh really? Yeah, I snuck you in here because <laughs> George. I swear to God, he said he lived seven minutes away. I just it just worked. Hey man, it's, uh, it's all right, George. We'll we'll spar it out later. It's <laughs> all good, George. Uh, but no, Kyber Combat. That's um that's a little baby of ours. Uh, it started with Kev Kevin Bustamante. Uh, I, I kind of just like saw him messing around with lightsabers on Facebook one day, and I was just like, I already did LARPing, which is like foam sword fighting and stuff. And I was like, ah, that's cool. I love Star Wars, love lightsabers. I was like, is that safe? You know, what do you, what does all this entail? And he was like, no, yeah, you wear gear and stuff. And I was like, okay, you mind if I like come out and like try? And he was like, yeah, uh, bet. So I came out, and it was uh, it was me, him, and Jonathan Chong at one time. So it was just three of us, nice. and uh, we just started like we're sparring and like you know I'm showing some things that I learned from LARPing and all this stuff, and uh, it just started growing from there. More friends started coming out. Kev just bought all these damn lightsabers. Sorry, like does the LARPing does it actually have like legit techniques? Yeah, yeah. So like, also it's just like, because when I was a kid, I went to LARP. Oh, uh, yeah. that'd be so dope. But I was yeah. like, you know, I, I didn't want to be lame. But I was like, because you're it's really a nerd concerned. thing, dude. Yeah, no, it's like such like a fucking nerd kind of thing. But it, like, right. yeah, yeah. be really like cool with it. Yeah, yeah it was so. weird for me the first time because I've always been a huge nerd. By this point, I was already cosplaying and stuff. And yeah, the first time LARPing, my friend was like, "You should just come out with me." And I was just like, "But that's like with like you're fighting with like foam weapons and stuff. I don't know." <laughs> and like a park, and you guys wear like armor. You're talking and stuff. shit. I'm gonna yeah. go and watch Inuyasha. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'll stick with my Lord of the Rings games or something i don't know and then they're like so i went out and that, that that was a blast it's there's like there is um 
there is like technique to it, you know, and you learn like the weapon. Because I started with two swords, you know, two short swords, and then I moved on to like a long sword, a katana, a spear, and then I ended up with a bow, and I started like popping fools like across the park. That you know what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah, it's fun, you know, there's something about like medieval warfare kind of stuff like that. That's really what I like loved. And I was like, wow, I can like participate in this like large 20 versus 20 medieval warfare game and there's like giant arrows flying over my head and it's crazy hold on i have a thought new event Uh Uh uh-oh we need to make a larping thing we could we could we can make i don't know i'm just thinking on the top of my head right now yes we can definitely host a dallas larping thing like have teams of 20 on 20 there's parks everywhere there's there's parks and i I, i've gone to a park in denton there's park in garland there's a park in plano they're they're all over the place we're gonna talk about this we're gonna definitely fucking make this happen. This sounds oh, yeah? sick. Yeah, man, it's so much fun because like, Amp Guard is what I do. Is what I used to do. That's like more family friendly. It's um, because there's no headshots allowed. There's no shield bashing allowed. Um, groin shots aren't allowed. Um, and there's a there's a whole magic based like uh, RPG thing to go with it. So you right. have your class. You know, you have other classes. You have like your you know your bard, your barbarian. You have your archer. You have an assassin. Your warrior. You know, typical D and D style classes, right? Right. right. Standard and, RPG stuff. Yeah, and the more you go, every it's once a week, right? Every week that you go, you sign in and you get a point, and every point you get adds to your your permanent record kind of thing that we talked about. And uh, and once you hit a certain number of points, you level up, and once you level up, you get to use certain skills on the field. You know, I was an assassin's, and I, I at this point I think I was I'm level five, and level six is the highest level at the moment. Um, but like a level six, I, that you get like your, your master skill, you know, which is for an assassin, you get to like call someone out, um, and then they die instantly on the field. Oh, so, what yeah. The fuck? <laughs> so I think I had to do it after you call them out or something, you know, like make it a one V one. Dude. Yeah. Someone, man. someone could charge me up and then I'm like, it's called coup de gras, And I just like point that full out and I'm like, just death yeah. the guy from across Sick. the basically. Yeah. You write their name in that book and like, <laughs> now you're dead. Um, <laughs> But, like, you get cool stuff. You know, you get to, like, go invisible and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I honestly didn't use that stuff, like, at all. Um, I kind of forgot a lot of it. Because, like, I would die. And then on, I'd be like, oh, damn, I died. And I'd be like, oh, I could have, like, gone invisible and got away. Wow. And I forget because, like, I'm more in love with the, the idea of just, like, the appreciation for, like, the medieval warfare kind of right. thing. Okay. Um, so the class system to me kind of, like, cheapened. This is gonna sound weird, but like cheap into the kill, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're a guy sensei type of guy. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah, no ninjutsu. My tai jutsu. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> I appreciate that. I 100 percent appreciate I that. that. Yeah, man. So that's that's what I did. So I, I transitioned to using a bow, and that was fun because I've always loved archery. And like, there's a weird thing about like shooting other humans with a bow and arrow. It feels good. Like, right? It feels really good. Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> like the ultimate kill. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like yes, I remember. I remember one, we were halfway across this field, and like this was a big field, bro, like really big. And the, the guys were walking back away. They were retreating to their base. And I was just like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, they're really far. They got to be like, you know, a couple, few hundred feet away. And I was like, you know what, let me try this. So I just, you know, angled my bow up in the air, all Legolas like and shit, drew back. And I was like, all right. And then I like looked at my team, and I was like, do you think I can do this? And they were like, yeah, just try it. And I was like, whoosh. This arrow fucking sailed, like. <laughs> just sailing and i'm just like okay here it goes here it goes and then bop, back in the guy's head and i was everyone dude, everyone did exactly what you just did. everyone was like on the floor like it was like an insane distance and like that kind of stuff is cool you know so that's that's kind of why i used to do it and uh kind of got my combat thing going so i mean i digress back to back to kyber no, you ever like uh, around a circle like do a 360 like dude <laughs> let me tell you 360 no scopes i'm doing with an arrow oh yeah i i have a really fast like um 
assassins are really fast and you wear light armor because you can only get a certain amount of armor points because you know an amp guard everything you wear is real but everything you use is fake so you can wear real chain mail real like steel armor plate mail real leather like that's all adds to your armor points and each class gets a certain maximum of armor and assassins are lightweight so you know you're not really supposed to wear like anything heavy right Um, D &D rules yeah so like i was running around really lightweight and uh, i actually got the title you get titles because there's like an actual like uh you know, form to like their, their leadership and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you, and it goes up in ranks, kind of like a club sport, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I got a title for being the last one alive, uh, in this massive kingdom visit where another kingdom came over to ours to have a big, like your park versus our park, massive battle. And I was the last one alive on my kingdom. So, uh, my, uh, the leader of our park, I can't remember th- uh, their name at the time, but they, they gave me a little sash that basically said, like, you know, Talfa was my name. And they were like, Talfa, the last man standing. And people always used to call me the cat because, like, I was so fast. Like, people would try to charge me up uh, all the time. And I'd just be like, nope, out. <laughs> and I'd just be sprinting across the field with this bow. And I can run and shoot. So I'd be running and I'd turn around and pop somebody. That's broken. And, That's broken. <laughs> no, no one bothered to tell me you could just go invisible. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could go and visit, but I'm like, nah, I'm going to run away now. And uh, yeah, high decks kind of thing. That's broken, man. It was good, but that taught me like <laughs> combat like mentality, like, you know, being smart. Because like right. you try to, you know, as a bow assassin wearing light armor, I can only take a couple hits. And running up on some guy who's like 6'2", wearing steel plate mail armor and a big ass tower shield and long sword. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go over here and right. try to get you from the back. You know, so uh, that kind of helped me with Kyber stuff because I was already had the mindset of like how to fight and how to go one on one with somebody. It's not about the size. It's about, you know, it's it's all mental. It's literally right. all mental. 100 percent. It's phys- it. Yeah. It, like the physical, you know, physical comes with the, the ability to be able to swing a giant like Vihander two handed sword, whatever. Um, but like the actual like going against an opponent like who's might might be smaller than you or might be bigger than you, it's all mental, you know. It's it's all even playing ground at the end. There's a lot going into that. That's pretty sick, man. I mean, it's cool. There's something about it. And doing it with lightsabers, honestly, I, I haven't been back to the, the, the LARPing in a long time. Why is that? Be- you think about it, like there's something, you know, the fighting aspect is fun, and then you turn off the lights and you have this bright-ass glowing blade. And if you're a Star Wars fan, like... You know, that was the coolest part of any of the movies, right? Oh, it's yeah. like, when are the lightsabers going to come out? The one fight every Dude, movie. everyone waits on. And so, like, <laughs> when you're in a big, like, ring that's, like, we have our rings are lit by LED rope, but, like, really bright rope. Oh, and shit. we usually dim the lights, and I have colored lights that we'll put on. Uh, it's, like, there's something, like, weirdly nerd, nerdy, like, spiritual about it. It yeah. feels really good to fight with lightsabers. Like, everyone just, you put a lightsaber in someone's hand. You know, I just built uh, my latest lightsaber. I should have brought it to show you guys something. Um, build a lightsaber. Yeah, I build just lightsabers now, just it. cash. Um, <laughs> like, when you put a lightsaber in somebody's hand for the first time, like, and they're just like, it's like the, sipping in a new car, you know, sitting in that Ferrari. <laughs> People are like, oh my God, they're like this thing right here, you know, they're like and mouse drooling. Too. I saw a photo, uh, I think George posted recently. Mm-hmm. I saw a photo. It was like some dude had like the uh, Kylo Ren lightsaber. Like, oh, yeah. The cross guard. The, yeah. Like yeah. The, the Claymore looking around. I was like, that is sick. Like, Dude, it feels so good. And like uh, Star Wars, is it's always brought people together. You know, it's a big community. And there's so many nerds out there that want to fight with lightsabers or already do. And they don't realize that like there's a whole sport that's literally around that. You know, that's sad because like they're definitely just posting YouTube videos of them cutting water bottles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. basically terrible. <laughs> you could actually go do something or they're like smacking each other, hurting each other. And they're not realizing that like 
you can get hurt in the sport, you know, and, you know, it's, they can take it a little deeper. Everyone wants to fight with that new lightsaber they just bought, you know, especially with like Galaxy's Edge just opened up, you know, and, and uh, wait, what uh, is that? Disney World, you know, the Star Wars park. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like AR? It's like, no, it's like a real park. Oh, okay. Like, it's you like full on part of Disney World. Like, you walk through it, and there's like a, oh, a life size oh, Millennium yeah. Falcon that you can go into. And I have seen pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah build your own lightsaber. Now that that's a thing, like, it's, it's, it's especially like big, but like, yeah, it's a weird thing that like seeing people's like, joy from being able to like fight with lightsabers it's like a childhood dream fulfilled for a lot of people yeah and, and i think that like most people alive yeah <laughs> star wars yeah exactly yeah it feels really good so we, we've been doing that and we're going strong we're part of uh, we're an affiliate of lsl which is lightspeed saber league which is the actual league if you think of like the okay. cowboys and the nfl we're kyber combat of the lsl oh and so you're the team Kyber, yeah. Kyber's the team, okay, and then you're cool. part of LSL. Yeah, yeah. Lightspeed, what was it? Lightsaber? Yeah, Lightspeed Saber League. Jesus. LS. Yeah. LSL. And uh, we're, yeah, so we're basically like a team of that, but we also do our, we're our own like, organization here, and we do our own events, and we do tournaments and charity events. Uh, George actually just came up with uh, Capture the Flag, which has been a big hit inside of the uh, the combat facility that we currently are like uh, residents in. And, How much uh, is, uh, like, if I were to rent this place out? Is that like a is that an option? That guy just go talk to the guy or what, how well? Uh, well, if you wanted to be a member of Kyber, that we do have memberships where you're uh, you get to come out anytime to Kyber twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays, depending on what you want to do. Uh, but Warlord um, is the actual facility. I'm sure they would do something crazy uh, event wise because they do full like plate fighting there. You know, steel armor fighting where the oh, dudes geez. like run up and like they're punching and slashing. That's so interesting to me. It's intense. It is intense. They have some helmets in there that are just like you know you know medieval helmets, but they're all like dinged dented. up and dented, and you just staring and you're like jesus you're like that guy got fucked up you know like Like, wanted to participate in any of that or is it just like (sighs) you kind of like the the you like the art art style of like yeah in and out moving around it's there's i feel two ways about it part of me is like oh fuck yeah like i was i've let's transition from the foam swords wearing armor to like real swords wearing armor and then like i see a lot of those videos and stuff and i'm like i'm like man it's always over super fast right like it's just you know i actually don't know I, I haven't seen one in like person so like i see uh, the videos i actually work with um work with one of the warlord members too and uh he does the full armor fighting he sends me videos all the time but like it's like mma with just a sword and a shield though yeah basically and you like shield bash you get like it's like all everything goes you know essentially like the swords aren't sharpened though right they're no like, no they're they're blunted but they're, they're still like you know it's a big piece of metal yeah smacking you in the head and it seems uh, like a lot of that combat isn't necessarily involved in like the blade touching you like you'll get bashed in with the you know any part of it yeah shield bashing and a lot of it the blunt trauma isn't really you know there's videos he sends me videos all the time of dudes getting knocked the fuck out like (laughs) i haven't seen anyone get knocked out i'm gonna send you some bro it's bad dude some of these like you, you know armor is like meant to actually be like despite like the popular belief that like you can't move in it like knights were meant to like mount their horses by themselves you could sprint and roll uh you could jump like armor was very mobile and so that's what they wear and so, like, you see people get, like, high-kicked and stuff. Like, it's oh, all man. kinds of stuff. And, yeah, he sends me videos of people just getting knocked out, man. Like, with shield bash straight to the head, just flop, and that dude goes down. And, like, then he's on the ground, and then it's still, you know, they have to, like, Finish control. Yeah, Jeez. you have to control the ring as what? part of it. 
like that, that's an actual yeah. it's, like it's, it's like crazy MMA stuff with, with shit with armor on it's legit like in the may with armor and swords and shields essentially and uh it's it's that's why it's a new kind of monster for me i'm used to like you know looking pretty spinning the saber right. and then like smacking the person and so it's like i don't know how i would be able to i don't know how well i could take a shield, you know, a shield just smacking me right in the face. I don't know if I would take that well and Dude. be like, "All right, that was a good hit," or take it like the opposite direction, and be like, "No, nah, I'm out now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a, yet. I don't know. To that. That's the big difference. But like, I get it because like, it seems like it's almost two different things. Yeah. Because like with you, it'd be like, okay, you guys are fighting sword fighting. You're really good. I'm sure if the world went to shit, like we really did get nuked, and we all went back to like we got <laughs> bombed the medieval times. Yeah. yeah. But then, then you'd be like, okay, I should probably try this armor shit out. Yeah. But right now, you don't need to. Like, right? Like, like we're cool. We're having fun. Like, like it, I don't want to get beat up. I just want to like experience sword fighting, and that's, and, that's and cool. That's the aspect. Like, I, you know, there's people, you know, break their noses. People like dislocate things and stuff. And like, that's for me might be the 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 tipping point where I'm like, I want to have fun and not like truly like destroy my body trying to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, because I really appreciate the the saber aspect, and uh, it's almost like fencing, right? Where it's kind of right, yeah. yeah it's the beauty of the actual Point sport, fighting. the art, yeah, the art of the sport, rather than like that how it could like really come out. Because if no one really gets too hurt in L, you know, in, in LSL or Kyber. Um, we've seen someone like the like fun to hurt his wrist, more wrist, yeah, fun. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it, it stings. Don't get me wrong. We get what we call like saber kisses and saber welts. We just get like a nasty pink line on your leg or your arm from when you got hit. I have scars like of a, a line just from like a smack of a saber. Right, it pretty sick. I it hurts. Yeah, it'll it'll hurt sometimes where people will be like, ah, okay, and then we gotta like pause the ring because the person's like, fuck, that hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, I've been hitting the nuts a couple times. That hurts really bad. Yeah, a lot of finger shots where you're just like. You know, it feels like slamming it in a door is kind of what it feels like. So yeah. that that stuff is enough for me at times because it'll take you out of the fight really quick and just be like, that really fucking hurt. I can barely grip this saber. You know, if you get hit in the right tendon or something. Would it um, work if y'all like, do y'all wear gloves? I, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have to wear like full padded. Like we wear like lacrosse gloves because it still uh, fucking hurts. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the padding's only on the top and sometimes it'll miss just the perfect spot and it'll hit your like your thumb right right in the nail okay. and that shit like even though it's like this tiniest spot you know what i'm saying like yeah. you'll feel that up and down your arm like in the mil- in the moment of the fight and it'll make you like kind of lose grip on your saber which is like that's like the worst part when you when you can't like really grip it well <laughs> and you're like shit that that rung you know that rung my arm a little bit it's crazy it's just like it's just like it, it the what you're explaining to me it's like it it is competition and it's like just because i don't know how to explain it let me see just because you're not, you know, you're not gonna get taken down and killed for this. It's like you can still kind of snap back to reality by getting like hit in the finger, right? Yeah, because like with it's us, a wake up call. Yeah, I know. Okay, just from the fighting perspective of it, like I know that when we're in the cage and stuff, most of us aren't feeling shit. Like, right. we we feel like we can we can we know it's when we're getting rocked. Like, oh man, like my vision's like blurred or whatever. Or something this happened or whatever, and everything's kind of like going side or left and right. Mm-hmm. But it's like I've seen videos of guys like get their their like toe. Will like come out of socket. Ooh. Like a dude got his toe caught in the cage, Ooh. and it, it literally went to the left, and he didn't oh. notice until the ref came up to him after the fight. It was like, "Hey man, uh, your toe." He looked down and passed out. Oh like, my god! Like his toe was to the left. Like his big toe was just turned. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't bro. Oh. I'm saying your adrenaline, right? <laughs> yeah, the adrenaline. Yeah, when you're in it, you're getting hit, and people are always like, "Doesn't that hurt?" Like, not really. I, I think the nose hurts when you get smashed in your nose. Like that kind of always that always hits hurts. your tear ducts immediately. Yeah. Um, but everything else is just kind of like, 
you're almost just kind of getting hit and you're getting rocked, but you're fine. Yeah. You're thinking about not getting hit to the point where you're on the floor getting beat up, beat up. Right. Yeah. You know? So that's really interesting. I didn't know it was like that. That's sick. It's like it's like because it's like your body turns off pain because it knows the op- like. If you start reacting to the pain, death is almost like how your body reacts to it afterwards. Right. It's like fight or flight. Yeah. You have to fight, so it just turns that shit off. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. You're locked in a cage. You can't just jump out. Yeah. You of can't it. be like I'm. I'm done, y'all. It's yeah. good. So your body just turns that shit off, and you're just kind of like fighting. And then wow. once you're like giving up, once you start realizing you're giving up, like if you see someone curl up, those shots I feel are the ones they they notice mm. because their body's already given up on it. Yeah. And then they're just getting hit, and the ref needs to step in and whatever. Yeah, like a switch flicks, and after that, it's like the sw- the pain switch flicks on. You know? What yeah. I'm saying? They're like your body's okay. Start running, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turn that shit back. My part's over. Let's get out. <laughs> I, I can agree. It's it's mostly the same thing where, like, you'll get shots and, honestly, some shots that you won't feel until later because, like, sometimes I'll go home and I'll be like, oh, my God, look at that welt, you know? Right. And I didn't even notice I got hit there. And then, because uh, I used to not wear armor at all. I uh, Now I wear kind of, like, the full pads kind of thing. Uh, one, for, like, aesthetics, but two, it, like, I trained myself to not wear armor. I used to literally just wear, like, a sleeveless shirt. And that kind of taught me, like, the body awareness of, like, don't get hit in the bicep right here because, you know, that part stings like a bitch. That's pretty dope. And then, like, after I got, as I got used to that and my defense got up, then I started wearing armor because then I was like, okay, I don't want to get welts now. Like, Could you ever rock that, uh, that, um, that one outfit you had that you put on uh, Instagram? The, that, that uh, the Star Killer, yeah, man. Oh hell yeah, he has That's a Star Killer outfit. It is character. so sick. Oh shit, yeah. it looks yeah. so legit. So yeah, we made that for the uh, the premiere. Kyber was uh, at Alamo Draft House for the premiere. We got to see the movie for free and everything. We the were newest just, one. Yeah, we uh, we were just outside of Alamo, basically sparring and taking photos with people. So we were all dressed up, Jedi robes, everything Star Wars related. I'll use that for the thumbnail. Yeah, I was, I was, about to you, bro. <laughs> I was gonna up. slide to you later. <laughs> Yeah, and so I made a Star Killer outfit because Star Killer's my boy. He's like my favorite Star Wars character. Bro, so. if we do get bombed to nothing, like if you roll up in that outfit, I'd, I'd legit think you've been out here for years. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's about shit. Like, I'd probably not fight. Like, <laughs> Dude, I actually made that armor to be able to fight in. So, like, we had a, yeah, the, the, the meet we had before the movie came out, we all kind of had like a bring your stuff out and like see if you can fight in it. Um. Yeah. So I wore that armor and like fought in it, and like, yeah, it feels good. Cause like I'm like shit. Like you know, there's something about cosplay when like you wear it finally, it's and you're practical. like, I am this character. Yeah. You know. But, but yeah, yeah that's practical is a whole nother level. You yeah. actually and use it. Yeah. yeah Most people like they use their cosplay for like a day or two, where they wear it out, and then just kind of like throw it in the closet. Yeah, and it, not know? that. Now I know that I can like, oh, this is not only my Star Wars cosplay, but like I can actually fucking fight in this shit. It feels really good, like really good. And like a lot of people fight in Jedi robes and stuff, and like there's no rules against that. And it looks cool, like aesthetically, anyways. But like at first, I never really did that um, until we had like our like appearances. We had to go like cons and stuff. And now I'm just like, oh my god, like I would wear this shit like every time Bro, because like it's shit. like a you confidence should... booster, kind of. Uh, you know, it like it looks so dope. I'd wear that shit to the mall. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you, like I don't know. I feel like you could do roller derby too now with the Lucio cosplay. Yes, <laughs> things. I got some idea. So, oh my god, <laughs> man! I've actually thought of like doing because um, I used to DJ back in college. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I have like, no idea. yeah, I used to produce and like uh, DJ like EDM music. So I have some tracks that I've like actually made in like you know Fruity Loops and oh, Ableton. Uh, I did it. I haven't done it in a while, but now that I'm about to get back into like the YouTube game, I'm probably gonna start making my own tracks so nice. I can like have full license for my stuff. But um, okay. but I did that for a solid like year and a half back. It was like fresh between. It was like in my dorm room. I was like on my side of the the, the tiny ass little room making like fucking beats and stuff. Yep. 
and uh, the keyboard keyboard. Yeah, the, the keyboard. I didn't even have like a proper like I had like one of those mini keyboards like sitting on my desk. Yeah. Um, so like the like Lucio like I, when I entered him into anime Matsuri's like cosplay contest, I actually put one of my mixes into like the whole track because you know you go out into stage and you do your performance and you know Lucio's a DJ and stuff. So like I had music. I had like the Overwatch music first. But then when he does his like little drop and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's break it down or whatever. Um, I had my track mix in there and it's like an EDM drop. It's like, dun, 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 And yo, the thing, his speaker was actually in the Lucio gun. Like he put it in there. Yeah, the speakers, the gun's functional. It's got like three speakers in it and Bluetooth. Yeah, so I'm rolling around the convention. I'm playing music out of my gun and stuff. It was a lot of fun. And so like I thought of like, man, what if I like contacted an anime convention one year and was like, or a video game convention. It's like, yo, I'll DJ in Lucio on stage, like full cosplay and like everything. Like I'll be on the blade, so like I'll roll around the stage if there's that'd be huge. You know, yeah. I thought that would I be DJ. Like <laughs> man, like I haven't I don't consider myself a DJ. Okay. I, I I consider it a like of like a thing that I can do, you know. Nice. But like there's like it's been so long there's you know all the new technology I would have to like re up myself a little bit. Like re educate yourself basically. Yeah, because I was just doing like little like college parties and stuff back in the day. So I I don't have like all of that big uh, big gear and stuff. But like I thought that man that'd be that'd be pretty live like having like a D, like a Lucio award winning yeah. Lucio cosplayer. You, you, you know, your cosplay do something for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I, exactly. I'm trying to make it work for me. You know, cosplay was like. It was a lot of work and a lot of money, a lot of time. And I have so many costumes now that I don't even know what to do with. Uh, and, like, it was cool to have that, like, goal. Like, yeah, I want to be out there. I want to be on Instagram. I want Facebook. I want people to see all the stuff I can make and do. But, like, I never had, like, an end goal for that stuff. It was kind mm-hmm. of like I feel like everyone falls into this this uh, this pattern of just wanting to be famous or cosplay famous or YouTube, Instagram famous. But they don't have, like, what are they trying to accomplish by it right. other than just wanting the, the, the clout, you know? And I think that's that's kind of what everyone's doing right now. So like once I kind of got like out of that whole headspace of just trying to get the clout for it, I was like, well, what do I'm gonna fucking do with all these costumes? And so now I do like appearances, like I'll do uh, Microsoft appearances and like Destiny or Halo cosplay. Nice. Uh, yeah, now the Star Wars thing with Kyber is cool. Um, Overwatch. Um, I've been asked a couple times to go to the esports stadium up here in Arlington and be in my Overwatch cosplay for the esports uh, stuff. It's so like, like complexity stadium, right? Uh, is it think that's what it's called? Yeah, yeah. it's like, so you know now I'm, I'm making like my cosplay work for me rather than exactly. putting so much work in a cosplay that's gonna sit there all day. Um, you know, make it work for me and like you know kind of build that backwards back back towards me. You know, I haven't done nearly as many cosplays as you. Might have near, not nearly been near to the quality of yours. Like, <laughs> like literally. So for me, I I just use my body because like I'm not good at building things, right? So I do realize one thing I do have is like I have physicality that a lot of other cos or nerd cosplayers don't have right? right so like i'll do like i did my first cosplay was ace really simple, okay yeah right and i was like i could do that get someone to like tattoo the back you know like, yeah that'll last for three days and then you know such and such on buy some shorts some jorts actually yeah the, the jorts <laughs> get some jinko jeans <laughs> yeah but it was like i could do that and i did kirishima i actually like both oh. those characters so it works for me it just ha- so it happens that the characters i like tend to be shirtless i don't I'm straight. <laughs> nah, but yeah, it's see like, yourself in them. That's why, right? Like I just like yeah, you, like I I grab to the characters I see. You know, like, yeah, you appreciate the physicality, like you said. Well, it's like whatever. I like the characters who are who are tough. Like they they how can I say it? like Yusuke is one of my favorite characters, right? Right. Yeah. Kirishima is the same way. I like characters who are nice guys 
but they fucking throw down. Right. That's what I'm about. Like, I love that shit. And, um, gentlemen in the streets and like, yeah. fuck you up in the you alley. Scared, kind bro, of that shit had me hooked when I was a kid. He got killed in episode one by saving a kid in, by uh, that was getting hit by a car. You remember right, that shit? Right, yeah. Spoiler, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> episode one, it came out 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> no, it came out 25 years ago, I think. But yeah, man, um, I loved it. And then he, he goes from saving this kid, uh, realizing how much he appreciates all his friends to like, Fighting demons in tournaments, like <laughs> right. stop. And I'm like, this is great. Like, I love that character. Um, and I mean, Kirishima's the same way, and so is uh, like Ace is a pretty cool character too. I mean, it just works for me. But right. the only cosplay I could actually use, and again, my cosplays are not to your level. The only cosplay I could actually bring out and like make it to where someone would pay me for is that uh, Miles Morales costume. Yeah, just because like again, physicality is all Spider Man is. You don't have to show yourself at all. Right. And the dopest thing is with Miles Morales, I'm actually the skin color. So like when I whenever I go to like parties and stuff, and kids want to like see stuff, I can always like unzip my gloves and show them, and they freak out. Yeah. They, 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 they're just not ready for it, you know That's what dope. I mean? Um, and I I, I have to lie to the kids. I tell them I'm like, oh no, you know that movie was in the past. Like I'm older now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? That was about me when I was 13. Yeah, and the you thing know? is, uh, you know, have you met Chase and Maddie? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do uh, uh, Maddie does Spider Gwen. And Chase yeah, does Chase Peter does, Parker. Yeah. He does the older Peter Parker, so he wears like a fanny pack and stuff. Oh my gosh. So it's de- dope because we have Instagram pictures together. And uh, I think we actually, we're actually on the Sony site for that. Oh, nice. Like they actually put us up. They posted Whoa, us on. It was that's either dope. Samsung or Sony. One of them posted us like as a group. But I was like, um, I'll go to these parties and like like you said, making them the costume work for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. I bought, I spent $200 on this thing. Like I'm going to do something. Yeah, with do it. something with yeah, it. Yeah. You know? So. I go to these parties and these kids are like coming in. And I'm just like, hey guys, like, is this person here? You hang out with these kids and they're like freaking out. And they have their friends over and they all believe, like, Dude, 100% yeah. this is the you guy. You are the Spider Man, you know? Yeah. Like, that feeling is like, I, so I used to do the parties too with um, my Beast Boy cosplay. Oh, and dope. like yeah and like that was that was kind of the cosplay that got me like really started into anything but like yeah the the feeling that like those kids like think like you are fucking beast boy you know like yo 100 percent. they think it, you went through those journeys dude like, yeah they're like they watched you like you know on tv kind of thing like that is like a really cool feeling and like really just bringing smiles you know to people's faces like that's that's kind of like the the end game of all of it all it's it's hard charging for that like yeah, right. That's a weird thing. Because you don't want to talk about money. You're with kids. You don't want to like bring that up. You're like so, it's like I've always been lucky. Like I've had this one girl named Brianna come with me, and I've had this girl named Helen come with me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a lot of times I'll go to these parties, and they'll always have my phone, and they'll take photos for the family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like if I one time I had to go to like a pizza place and like hang out with a bunch of kids because all the kids wanted to come to hang out with you. No, oh my gosh. But I'm like, it's always Isaac's birthday, and then we'd always like relate it back to Isaac. But it was like you're. you're you're out there. You're. What was I? Wait, wait. What did I just start? I, I lost it. Bringing smiles to people. Yeah. yeah no smiles. money. And, and like, it's yeah. weird, like charging people for that kind of. Yeah, because like, they'll ask you how much it is, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's a hundred dollars for the for an hour, or whatever." But then I'm like, after that first hour, I usually just kind of slide in. And I'm like, "It's whatever." At that first hour. Yeah. Because I don't want to charge you and be like, look at the lady and be like, "Hey," <laughs> you know, yeah. and I start hitting your watch. Well, you only like, have me for the first hour, so I'm going to leave now while your kid's cutting the cake. You know, <laughs> yeah, like that's that's it's saying. a weird thing. That's, it's the most awkward thing. So you just stay. I just stay for like an extra thirty minutes for free, and then. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I did with like for like yeah all the Microsoft stuff. Like it's never just like uh, if they do offer to pay it's like or anything. I never really charge past what I've kind of like quoted. I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, I'm in costume, which is like one thing I enjoy. I'm here taking photos, which is one thing I enjoy. And right. like you've already paid me, so like we're Gucci, you know. Like I'll just chill. I'll leave when, it, when you know when I feel like it's necessary. 
makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like when the kids focus on the present story, I'll like walk out and be like, hey guys, I'm heading out, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to, it's just, you know, it's like, it is a business, but it's like weirdly like with kids, you don't want to make it. It's like you don't want to intertwine those two worlds. Like the adult world is so dirty. Right. <laughs> you don't want to involve that around these, these, these beautiful beings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's where at some point it becomes more about like the experience than like the the cash. And I, I kind of do the same thing with video. Uh, like I just like to tell people stories, you know. So if I find myself in a lot of times, like even in like photo shoots where it's it's maybe like five minutes over the hour, and like I could be that guy that's like, all right, your hour's up, and we gotta go now. But it's like half the time I'm like, okay, we're technically over the hour, but I'm like, because I like make it known, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're over the hour, but I'm like this tree or whatever, this building looks dope. So let's go take some photos here. And then I'm like, let's go over here. Like I, at one point it just becomes about like the art, you know, and just the experience longer. It's like, you're giving them something. Yeah. So in a lot of cultures, you know, you want to give something back. So right. not necessarily a tip, but maybe it's like some other form of regifting or, you know, yeah, it's like a big thank you for like, you know, allowing me to like, you know, participate yeah. in this with you. Dude, honestly, um, you might want to hook up with a uh, Drake. Cause you know, comic Drake, Drake, Drake McWor- McWorther? How do you say his last name? Um, Don't remember. He's a great guy. We had him <laughs> on the last episode um, between us. So, but he actually contacted me for this app he's got going on where he's literally, he's got an app. He already put it up on the website. I'm not sure if he's launched it completely yet, mm-hmm. but he has me, um, this one chick, uh, I can't remember her name. She hangs out with George and them. Redhead chick, Aubrey. Oh, that Aubrey Bells. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he has Aubrey on there. Um, and there's a couple other people that, and we're all just in cosplay. And it's like, he does, he does video calls for people. So he'll basically have it to where like if a kid's having a birthday or something, mm-hmm. uh, or if anyone wants this for any reason, he'll have a charge right under us and we'll do like a video call with him with our cosplay on. Oh. So like, I just have to be miles oh. around. I just got to put the, the mask on and like put thing on and just be like, hey, you know, like whatever and say hi to the kids and I was like, yo, I'd 100% be down for that. Like, That's we haven't wild. started just yet, but it's like, I think it's dope. I think you should definitely get in contact because I'm sure your cosplays are going to be pretty sick. Like, no, oh, man, thanks. Dude. Yeah, that's cool. Idea. Like, I can only imagine, like, being a kid and getting, like, oh, the Jedi's calling. Getting a call. <laughs> like, He's got the lightsaber and everything. <laughs> you know, I can, I can attest to that. I, uh, so I'm a huge fairy tale fan, and it was one, I think it was Akon. Hold up. When did that show get good? Because I didn't start it. I was okay. I was coming uh, off of Naruto. I was oh, like, no more yeah. shonen for me. I was like, Naruto was the last yeah, it's one. Done. Yeah, and then uh, Black Clover and Fairy Tale came out, and I, or Fairy Tale came out first, then Black Clover. Mm-hmm. And I was everyone's like, Jerome's always like, hey, you gotta watch it. And I'm like, I don't care. So man. I'm done with that lifestyle. <laughs> it's, it's just got it's got everything that shonen has, you know. But it's it. I I have a lot of like sentimental memories connected to that show. Got it. Okay. Um, from college, but like. Um, so like, I love I love the shit out of that show, and it was like Akon at like. It was like 2 a.m. in the morning, one Akon. I think it was at the Anatole. All the good Akons. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my friend uh, and old roommate knows how much I love that show. I was going to get the tattoo and everything at one point. And, like, uh, he was like, hey, man, I got a, I got a gift for you. And then I was like, I, you know, it's Akon, so I'm already a little bit plastered at this point. Um, <laughs> as you should be. As, as I should, should be. be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get this phone call. And uh, I'm like, okay. And then I answer it. And then I'm like, I'm like who, who, who is this? 
And I hear, oh, Kaidu Desu. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, and I was like, who, who, who is this? And he's just like, oh, Bokuwa Ichiya Desu. And I was like, whoa! And it was like Ichiya from Fairy Tale, the voice actor, who he knew, and he got him to call me because he knew that like I was a huge Fairy Tale fan, and I always say men, which is what he says in the show all the time. And so like I, I lost it. And so like I can, I can attest to like that kind of like connection like people you know some people are going to be like no i want my kid to see spider-man in person but like getting that phone call from like that voice actor who says men like to me all like through the show all the time you were were the college kids like yeah i was an adult and i was losing my shit and so like that was the coolest fucking thing and like you have so much more reach too yeah anywhere anyone in the world like someone hasn't a bad day like you know think about like just getting a call from somebody and then they're in like full-blown costume you know like I've gotten a call. I've talked to like some friends who have like celeb friends, you know, acquaintances that have been mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm chilling here with the voice actor from such and such, or I'm here with this actor, and then it's like, hey, yeah, what's up, Kyle? And I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, it's 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 so fucking cool. So I think that uh, that app is like a solid, solid idea. I think like that could easily bring you know, like happiness to people who might not be available to you know yeah, especially in hospitals and stuff like that yeah people who can't like leave like schedule anything like that's that's really cool i, I don't know man I, I i love kids personally like i mean i love people in general but like yeah. i really fuck with kids that is that's a soundbite we gotta get rid of no like <laughs> I, I really like <laughs> right after the oh my God. Like, <laughs> unedited podcast yeah. dog. sorry to break it to you <laughs> no but I mean, cut we'll take it back <laughs> take two kids are pretty dope and I, I I don't like I would love to be able to like to go to like uh, hospitals and stuff like that um, but there's so much paperwork you have to do with that because you have to be yeah. like checked and make sure you have to all your vaccination paperwork I'm like I don't have vaccination yeah paperwork. vaccination I'm sure you gotta do background check maybe too and stuff they do um I try to do the, the I, I remember back in like t- when I was 23 or something, I tried to do the hospital over in Dallas, the one that's like um, the kids hospital. It's got like mm. the kids and the crowns and stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I tried to do that and I did it one time and then the next time I went back, they were like, oh, now we're doing background checks and they had like, they sent me all this like this little pamphlet of stuff to do. Oh. And I was like, I don't know my blood, I don't have blood work done right now. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was like, damn yeah. it. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think that'd just be sick. We can use our cosplay for something more than just entertaining other nerds that are right Right. or even just for like self-gain like i now when i do a cosplay i make it like my rule is like it has to be something that i really want to do and so that's why like i did i chose star killer for the premiere because i was like well if i'm gonna do anything star wars i was like let me do my boy you know if i'm doing something um i want to make another overwatch cosplay so now it's like okay i I have lucio who is like my main but i was just like baptiste is like really cool dude uh, so it's like, okay, let me do this next, you know, something that like I really just like want to dedicate a lot of time to. And instead of just like making like three or four costumes per con that like in the golden age of cosplay, as I call it, um, <laughs> where like everyone just used to do that all the time religiously. It's like, let me make one really good costume over like a span of months. Right. And so then like, yeah, so then it, it works for me in the end because I can use it for, you know, other it's things. Taekwondo to like really use and get like, you know, companies interested even. Yeah. Um, I know... Um I was like, I, I lost my train of thought. You know, I, I, I'm so focused on listening that I lose what I'm what I was. <laughs> that, say. I feel well, like let me ask you this then, since you talk about Scar Star Killer cosplay. <laughs> Good so save. Was it the, <laughs> That's the only thing that he's remembered. He's yeah. like, wait, Star Killer. Hold on. Yeah. So was it the uh, the good one or the bad one? Because I love the DLC where you go back and you kill like every single good guy yes. in the series. Like, a I Sith it. Stalker armor. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's next. Okay. So okay. I, I did the Force Unleashed like like his like starter, oh, the brown with like the the metal like 
plate uh, gorget. Why did he hold the lightsaber like that? Like I thought it was lit. I just didn't know why he you did know, that. It's hard. You're so the best like, person to ask as well. I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess. I mean, I uh, full disclaimer. I am shit at holding the lightsaber like that. It sucks. <laughs> it's really hard. Uh, I, I get my bell rung a little bit when I do that. But uh, it's it's such a cool style, you know. Like that game, like coined that shit, and like that. He makes it seem so powerful. So, like, everyone's like, yeah, I'm going to hold my lightsaber all edgy and hold it to the back, and it's fucking I just, cool. I just got done playing Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm about to hold my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hold it like this. And then, like, I actually got in the ring like that a couple times, and, yeah, I got my ass kicked, and I was just like, fuck. Do you think you can develop it, though? I think I can develop it. It's It's very... It requires a certain kind of, like, coordination and, like, strength. Um, because, like, having your saber back like that with, like, gripping the saber with, like, your forearm... Like, you don't really have that, like, wrist control that you have with, like, a normal, like, right. saber. So it's it's yeah. really awkward at first, and you have to kind of learn how to, like, block and strike with it. Um, I want to learn it because it's just, yeah, it's edgy as fuck. And I love all the anime edgy boys. Like, that's what I do. So it's like, it's like yeah, I got to hold my saber like that one day. But uh, uh, There's got to be a YouTube. That's got to be derived from an actual style. Oh, I'm sure it I mean, is. So I'm like, I'm sure there's someone who'd be like, like yo, that. I feel like yeah. that style. Like, yeah. But like you said, like you can't really do a lot of wrist movements. So I'm like that has to be a way more offensive style. I assume yeah. like it's way more just attacking going forward. I don't it, know. It, I mean, actually. you definitely there's knife styles where you hold it like that. Yeah, knives but, are supposed to. Yeah, yeah. But if you're holding a sword, you're kind of losing some leverage, right? Yeah, all that overlapping. Yeah, with it's your gone. Arm. It's 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 very awkward. It's yeah. very awkward. But it's so fucking. Cool. Could you dual wield them like that, baby? Dual wield it like that? <laughs> like, so you want to add another to that? I'm, just, I'm like, maybe you can just like, I don't know. Can we talk about dual wielding as well? Yes. So we actually. Why would you ever single wield? Like, give me a reason. Because it's better. Like, dual wielding practically. You practice. So, okay. So you think about it. Like, you. I personally like less is more in life kind of things. I'm a very simple dude. So, like, what we use is called uh, in light speed, it's called the Ray Dulon, um, which is basically one single sword, 36 inch blade. Uh, and that's it, right? Uh, but we have other classes like the Tano class, which is two shorter hilts that are like nine and a half inches long, and you uh, you basically dual wield two sabers. Um, but like that that takes a certain coordination, and you can tell because everyone's like, oh yeah, I want to have two sabers. I want two reds right. or a blue and a green or a blue. Being a berserker, like something sounds so dope. Yeah, you know, <laughs> spend, spending two sabers is cool, man. But it's like. Uh, you know, you, it's hard to mentally keep track of like, and, and I guess unless you're like a drummer, maybe, and you have like the use of both arms, that coordination. like yeah, coordination, which I don't. <laughs> um, having those two sabers, like you lose track like really easily, and then like your sabers will like you know clink each other, right? Um, does you just have less power per saber since you're splitting it? M- in theory, in theory, I mean, like you know, you can work out like both arms, uh, but you like individually. Otherwise, have you know two hands on one, right? So it's just always right. Be... You definitely sacrifice power, um, and like for that. like you said, like it'd be a lot more awareness of where your saber's at. Yeah, you're focusing on one, it's a lot easier to. Yeah, I like to use one for defense, one for offense, and then I'll switch it up. And so, like, I'll block with this one and then strike with the right, and then I will make sure to try and block with that right that I already have in front of me and then strike with the left, which is in the, the back. Yeah, so you, you like, have alternate. to keep Yeah, you, like, alternate your, your movement. Um, other than that, yeah, to me, it's, like, super clumsy. And so, personally, sometimes I get in the, I'll get in the ring with people that don't have, like, the practice with it, and it, it becomes, like, a very awkward exchange, and, like, you're just basically just, like, playing the whole Obi-Wan General Grievous thing, and you're just, like, fucking like, <laughs> yeah, swinging weaving. around. Yeah, you're bobbing and weaving all these, like, sabers flying around at you, and you're just kind of like, oh, my God, because you don't really know where it's coming from, um, which kind of goes back just, like, the whole, like, you know, the whole training aspect of it, but, like, just, yeah. Yeah, time is everything. Time, like, 
you, people come out their first time and it's awkward. They don't know the moves. You know, they 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 just have the idea of what a lightsaber is like. You know, from Star Wars, um, and they might like mimic the moves and stuff. But then their second time they come out, they're like completely changed. You know, they wow, just one time. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see people like make that jump because something weird like clicks in your head. Like I did a lot of like fight choreography and stage choreography back in high school, and that's what got me into doing fight scenes, like in visual high effects. School? Wow. Yeah. So, so I started. Um, Side story, I started acting in sixth grade. Okay, hold on. Um, what the fuck do you not got do, all these Kyle? credentials. What? Oh, what is by this? the way. <laughs> is this the Flex podcast now? Well, <laughs> so, you know, I'm a you know, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, uh, you know. Uh, no, I, I do. So, like, my thing is, honestly, I get bored really fast. Um, that's my it's – a, it's a gift and it's a curse because I never feel content with, like, anything. And um, – so I always have like I have a shit ton of hobbies and that's also a curse because it's hard for me to dedicate so much time to like one thing because mm-hmm. there's tons of things in the back of my head that I'm like I don't know how to do this yet or I haven't mastered this yet and that, right, and that right, bothers right. me. It's like I'm like I live like the RPG life like I got to max out every skill tree mm-hmm. I can, you know what I'm saying? Um those so are, those are fun. I remember I did that with Fable. Uh, Yo, I yeah, I was like, I beat the game and I had to go back and like level up everything, level like. everything up, man. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I always like I like being prepared, you know, and so like having a skill set of like, you know, you need to do something you're like, oh, I can do that. You know, that's that's so like refreshing. So I, I started anything art form related. I love doing so I like started, you know, drawing, um, painting and all that stuff when I was really young Um and played all the sports. You know, my parents put me through all the sports. You know, typical black family. You going, you want to do base, bas- basketball, baseball, football. You're gonna try running track. You're gonna do all of this. Try and then, running track. Yeah, try. <laughs> you know, I was in everything. And then I was like, no, I like art better. So like, I started doing art, and then I started doing acting because I've always been like, I got it from my dad, like a comedian, and I'm I always want the spotlight, and uh, which helps with cosplay and kind of stuff. You know, right. Um, so I started acting in sixth grade. And then, like, I, I did st- stage theater all through middle school and high school. And then sophomore year, um, I was uh, really good friends. I was, like, best friends with uh, my, uh, my friend Colin, who's on Disney Channel. And he was, like, he was actually the one who got me into acting. Wait, Colin, on Disney Channel? His, his, yeah, he was on Disney Channel in high school. His name was, uh, his name was Colin Cole, and he was on, like, uh, As the Bell Rings, and that was, like, this nice. whole thing. I thought he was talking about, like, oh, I was thinking Corbin Blue. Oh, no. I was like, you, you hung out with him? <laughs> I was like, what? High school musical. Um... No, yeah, so, like, he got me into acting, like, film acting, really. And then I started, like, doing auditions and doing all that stuff. And I was, like, on the news broadcasting team in high school. It was Kyle Mason with the sports and all that stuff. And I did, like, Anchor and all that stuff. And then I realized, I was like, man, I really like acting. But I was like, I started doing editing because we needed an editor. And then that's when I, that's, like, really when, like, my career started. Because I was like, I really like editing. I like shooting stuff. And I like putting it all together and directing. And uh, I still do some acting like on the side, but like I would rather be behind the camera. I get more, uh, I'm one of those people like, you know, like Adam Driver and like Joaquin Phoenix and like Johnny Depp, they don't watch their films because they get like right. anxiety watching themselves. Right. I kind of get the same thing. I like cringe. Like I can listen to my voice after lots of drinks. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, that's me. So you but, love this podcast. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where it's like podcast was like, cool. I'll bear it. Like listen to my voice later. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I just don't like watching myself. So it's like, I'd personally rather be behind the camera. I do make cameos in my stuff. So like, that's, nice. that's always kind of funny to me. Cause I always kind of figure out where can I like put myself into the story? Like I'll be that guy that orders a coffee in my film, you know, or something <laughs> just so people will be like, that's the director of the thing. Um, it's pretty sick. 
Yeah, I, I do a little bit of everything. I try I try to do everything. So like acting, you know, writing, directing, videography, all that stuff, cosplay, makeup. It's like, okay, so yeah. here's the thing I have noticed. Doing enough of these podcasts at this point, like I'm realizing a lot of people have like the mindsets that people have are so varying. Yeah. Like it's weird because like, okay, as a kid you're told like everyone's special, everyone's different. And then when you become, you know, early adult, we're all like, oh, you know, like we're all edgy as fuck. And we're all right. Like, we're all the same. <laughs> Donald, shut up. Right? <laughs> you know I mean? like, but now I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. And I'm like, I've met a lot of people on this podcast. And even though there are people who are artsy like you, like Lee, Lee, uh, the myth, you probably met him. Yeah. He's mad creative, but his brain is on a different wavelength. Than and it's not like he's like, there's anything wrong with him. He just thinks like. He's like everyone's thinking A to B. He's like, but we can just get right to C. Type shit. Right. Like he just skips yeah. B completely. But it works for him. And um, same thing with Drake. He has a way. His brain just like has a lot of ideas at once, and then he just kind of starting like kind of he has to, like calm himself down and like pan them out correctly. And I'm like, even with you, I'm, I'm talking to you. And I'm just like, yo, this is crazy because like you're you're at this point, you would say you're probably smaller, uh, smaller time than like we'll say. Um, a uh, high Hollywood director, right? Oh yeah, but yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the way you're, the way you're, 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 the way you're progressing or proceeding forward is like so methodical and like, hey, I do this thing where I just put myself in each one of these films as a cameo. And that's something that people are gonna be like, oh, you know, like, I know, like I feel like a normal person, would be like, don't do that. You're not that big yet. But you do it just because you do it. Yeah. Like, you, why would I not? Because I can. I think it's hilarious. Like, it, and you just a, do it. It's a funny thing, honestly. I would say, I, I mean, you know. Like what's his uh, and Mike Shyamalan does it, you know, in his like films, he's he pops in like for like maybe five minutes and like for if you're growing up or whatever, you didn't know that that was like the motherfucker directing the whole thing, you right? Know? <laughs> um, that's always a funny thing, uh, but yeah, it's just it's just a creation, you know. It's like it's like the creation and like the being able to succeed in something that like you worked hard to doing. You know, they say like ten thousand hours is like mastery. That's too long, man. So like, I, I mean, think. let me ask you this then: <laughs> If you can have this ability to acquire skills to do mm-hmm. different things, right? Yeah. Um, so, what made you decide on videography as the art form that you want to pursue the most, as opposed to you talked about music mm-hmm. before? You talked I about feel like it's most the, like can I? Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just we'll guessing. I'm like because like I was thinking about that, and I was just like, I feel like you have a lot of traits. Like you do a lot. Okay, LARPing, then you went to Kyber, then you went to DJing, and then you have the acting, and then you do videography, and then you have uh, there's a lot of little things you're going on with. And it's just like, but like you said, you're being honest with yourself, which is cool. That's a good sort of introspection that you could just like be like, hey, I don't have the attention span to do anything for too long. Yeah, I, like, I can't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But I think it's great because with creativity, with anything that delves into creativity, you have a lot more range to do a lot more things with. Yeah. So it's hard to get bored off of something that there's no limits on. Right. That's how I'm thinking. Because like, honestly, that's, that's how I would, you know, because like I... Even with the podcast, when we originally started, it was supposed to be like a strictly nerd podcast. Right. We're going to be like, these guys, and we talk about nerd anime shit. Now, I'm sorry for anyone who, who really wants me to keep talking about anime, <laughs> but it's like, yo, there's so much going on. Like, uh, me and Gazo had like a lot of talks about that, and it's like, not that he was one way and I was the other. It's just like, we just kept talking. I'm like, I just want to, and even when I talk to people about the podcast, like when mm-hmm. we first started out, I talked to Justin Varghese a lot about it, mm-hmm. and like, he's like, well, what's your target demographic? And I was like... Talk about shit, man. People, like, man. Yeah, like, like I, 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 like, like, I want to learn. Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I want to learn about things because there's so much I don't get to experience through my one like lens. I'm I'm Josh Aquai, right? I've been through my journey only, and everybody else is somewhat of a side character. I mean, some of them are very important. I love you guys. You're great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <so good. laughs> but it's like I don't get to. I didn't get to experience everything you got to experience. Like I don't have right. those memories. And there's things that you know that I could just like get by talking to you. Like it's almost like you're. 
it, again, it's, it's like, like a seamless transfer. Yeah. Experiences. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm like, this is great because like I'm learning so much about, I don't know, I'm, I'm nerding out about my own podcast at this point. I'm nerding, <laughs> but I'm just like, I love, I love hearing this shit because like, it's just, you're, you're a one of a kind person, like off top. Thanks. I can kind of really feel that. You're like, my attention span sucks, but I use that. That quirk or that uh, perk. That quirk, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my quirk. It's, it's got a negative and a positive. Like, I could do a lot of shit. I could pick up a lot of things at once, but I'm not 100% at almost anything just yet. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty much, like, my life. Yeah, fighting yeah. doesn't let me do that. That's the one thing I, I'm sad about, because with fighting, it's like, if you if you want to be a jack of all trades and master, you're going to get your ass whooped right. in fighting, right? Because all this guy does is live in his car and fight. <laughs> like, right. I have to. <laughs> but otherwise, I'm like, this shit is sick, man. Uh but go on, go on. Yeah, so you think like having just that broad skill set leads itself into videography? I guess uh I guess it's all kind of culminated into what I call like the cinematic eye and like I kind of like tell that to um people who have this is cuz it's like you know, doing the acting, I can direct actors. I can understand what their process is and direct them accordingly to what like, you know, help me with my vision. You know, doing the cosplay I can visualize these characters and what they might wear just from like, you know, their aesthetic and also their personality. Oh, you know, this person. So they're going to wear this. You know, I can design that in my head because like I can make this stuff, too. So it's why I love sci-fi. I love making armor, you know, and, and fantasy stuff. And then, you know, the editing, I can see the edit like before it's done. Like when I'm shooting something, I'm already knowing how I want to cut it later. You know, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to start the camera here so I can cut it right here. And then I know it's already know it's going to transition into the shot I got earlier. You know, like in my head. I can just like put that all together. Um, so it's so, like composing, but with yeah, honestly, and 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 speaking of composing, like I always edit off of music. Like I find a track that I like, and then or multiple tracks that I like, and then I kind of like push them to the side. I'm like, okay, I got the vibe that I like. This and now I I put everything on the timeline. I edit it all together, and then I kind of go through the music and I see what song out of that group that I chose fits the most, and then I go from there, and then I tune it all up. And so in the 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 um, the RBC video I did for the, right. the first one, that's basically it. I, I was shooting everything, and I would be like, oh, this is a great shot. Let me shoot this. Oh, this is a great shot. Oh, I already know that this shot's going to match really well with this one. Let me look for this shot later. And then I got a shot of, like, uh, God's Will and Cody, like, bumping drinks. And I was like, perfect. That's good. That's an intro shot. That's the beginning of the, sh- the video. And I was like, let's do this. And then I think of, like, how it's going to, like, all tie together. It's like, let me get some cosplay in here. Let me get some of this DJ, you know. It all, it all, it is a, it's one big, like, composition Nothing's more important than the other, but if one thing suffers, it all suffers. So I try to keep my my quality at the the, uh, the topmost. You know, every shot. One reason I like videography and cinematography mainly is because um, in college they in like I took this advanced screenwriting class. We had Hold the writer. On, home. What, what's the difference between videography and cinematography? So videography is just the like the act of like videoing something, right? And videography can be anything you know i could we can i can be a videographer for apartments i can be a videographer for this and this cinematography for me personally this might be the wrong definition but what it means to me is uh visual storytelling um it's more of an art uh it's more of like taking really assessing lighting you know uh lighting the color when you finish color grading it you know um you know the subject are they in the foreground are they in the background is there shallow depth of field is is there is there can i see everything deep you know is it a large long depth of field um which lens am i using is you know like are we going for a really clean sharp look or am i using my my 50 millimeter which is soft you know it gives a nice like cinematic like 
film kind of grain to it. You know, all of those things to me in cinematography help me drive the the idea of the story. Um, and I and that's what I kind of pride myself on in um, doing videography is that hey, let me bring you a cinem like a cinematic eye to the simple videography of oh, you want someone to shoot your 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 birthday or your party or your event? That's cool. You know, anyone can shoot it now with iPhones and stuff. Um, that's videography. You know, you can do videography with your phone. Right. But if you want to, but I always tell people is like, but if you want a cinematic approach, if you want not just the base level video or videographer. Um, I was like, I want to be a cinematographer and like I assess everything. So um, one thing I really, really liked about that video is like the color, you know, the color was so vivid and vibrant. And then like some of the shots, I was like, well, let me now blur this background out. So these colors just blend and like the atmosphere created from that. I always ask people, my first question is, how did it make you feel? Because I I always like um, cinematography to me. Uh, tells a story it evokes emotion invoke is one of my favorite words um, how did it make you feel so um, in the screenwriting class I took in college uh, one of the things that they always made us like focus on was just like write it visually you know if you can't write it visually in the script then don't write it like that so you know write it visually. so like you know it's, it might be like you know Kyle uh, 23 sits in this chair uh, you know, and then you write something visually about my face. It could be like, you can tell, or it's like, it might say like, you know, he is, he is calm, complacent and chilling on the couch. You can show that now, now you've written that visually, the reader thinks, oh, he's calm and complacent. You know, he's just chilling. You know, right. you don't just say Kyle sits on the couch. You can say Kyle is calm sitting on the couch. He's blinking a lot. That's a visual thing, right? You can, you can picture it. So I think the same way with cinematography, like tell it visually, tell the emotion visually, so if the party is really hype, show how hype it is. You know, show mm-hmm. it, show it from the perspective of a party goer. You know, put the camera low, put the camera high. Show it from the bird's eye, like what it'd be like being at the the rafters. You know, of the club. Right. You know, show it from the DJ's shoulder. You know. Did you like like did you research this or was it like a class you took or did you just figure this out as you went? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. I love watching videos. Um, <laughs> obviously <laughs> uh, no i love watching videos i love watching how to's on things um i love podcast kind of things and i i like to listen to things playing in the background like audiobooks and things like that yeah um of course with college that was that was some uh practical things but i've been also working um i did two inter- in um internships in college which helped me like be in like the industry's like atmosphere i learned a lot from those and then the most i learned is just from doing you know Every time I shoot something and I look back at it and I think like, you know, what I could have shown differently, I like mm-hmm. just make a mental note and I apply that like, or at least make the effort to apply that next time. Right. Um, the yeah. smallest change like, oh, I was a little too low on the subject here. I could have probably got a little higher on the frame. Next time I'll do that, so, you know, and it's so, just, yeah. it's just, you know, rinse and repeat. So you're saying like you kind of have this mental image of what you want it to look like. Yeah. And, and then you go and you kind of try to recreate that. So do you write it down like you were saying kind of visually describing things and then you go and then try to recreate it like what what is the process like like and is there a bottleneck like is it really hard to kind of record what you're thinking or is it hard to reproduce what you recorded i think for me i'm honestly gonna i'm gonna take a small time to flex and say no it's not hard for me and i think that's uh, i think that's That's why i succeed in cinematography and videography the way i do Uh, With my specific style, I like really dramatic, dramatic shots. You know, I like if I'm shooting someone walking down a street, 
I want it wide and I want to see that whole street and they're a little subject, but I want to show the vastness and I might have it in black and white, you know, too, just to, it's just like, I like really dramatic things. Um, <clears throat> you might actually see in that video, I'm gonna keep referencing that video fine, because Give I did it for that's dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. yeah. Um, so in that video, there's, there's a lot of shots that are in my cinematography reel now because, um, and I've, I've gotten a lot of, because I got the feedback, the, the emotion it invokes. And people mm-hmm. are like, that one shot of the DJ and he's like bouncing and it's like purplish, bluish in the background. You know, people are like, they talk about like the, the feeling, the vibe, that yeah. atmosphere. Um, Jerome looks like a god in those videos. The- <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, it's, it's a weird thing. It's just kind of like, I've never struggled with it because I always say I have the, the cinematic eye. Like, um, ever, almost every shot that I want to shoot, I can. I've never had a shot like a problem shooting it. You know, um, that's cool. There's a shot in my cinematography reel uh, of a an original short that I'm actually I'm producing. I'm writing. I've been writing it for the past two years. It's a uh, sci-fi. It's an original war sci-fi film. It's how like, long? How long are we looking at it? Uh, it's it's going to be a feature. I'm okay. looking to get that like a budget going for that. I'm looking to get a studio. I've I've basically what happened was I I tried to shoot it in college, like right after college, and I failed miserably because I realized that the scope of what I was trying to create was couldn't be done in a short film. It couldn't be done in oh, ten okay. to twenty minutes, and that's yeah. what I was trying to do. And I had full, you know, I created all the armor for it. Um, think of like space police kind of thing, um, but it was like a. It, it was too small. It was like, too small. We're talking like dystopian future type stuff? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic war, oh. armor, you know, intergalactic war, but also like domestic war, um, all the political aspects that go into that. And it was just too small. And that's why it failed. Cause like I, I was trying to do something and, and crunch it down and it wasn't, it's, it's so much bigger. And so I, there's a shot in that film where I was like, I wanted for the teaser, which is uh, online, I can see the link. I was like, I literally just want, I pictured myself, um, walking onto frame in this armor and then I'm like looking around and it's like very drab like low saturation no color armor's like really gritty and nasty um, nice things in the foreground and then all of a sudden I hear this like loud like boom 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 and it's almost like this thing's entering the atmosphere you know that loud g-force pop kind of thing um, and then uh, or the sound boom and then like my character like turns around and looks up and there's just like this rocket kind of thing, like flying through the atmosphere. And then like the character turns and looks at the camera, almost like as like a, I'm about to leave kind of thing. And then the character runs off frame. And that was exactly how I wanted to picture it. And I was just, okay. And I, it looked a little differently color wise because of the, 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 the day was different from what I was planning, no. but. Oh yeah. I didn't even think the, about that. Yeah. The actual yeah. shot itself and how it looked was literally, it's, it's hard to, you're going to have to take my word for it kind of thing, but it was literally exactly how I pictured it in my nice. head. Like, Front, like spot on and i love it when that shit happens and that, awesome. that happens to me all the time where i'm like i picture this i want the character to do this and then i picture this happens on frame with this visual effects and then i shoot it and then it looks exact and i'm like that's so weird and i tell people <laughs> i'm like it's the weirdest thing and they're like why and i'm like because that is literally like like pixel to pixel exactly how i pictured so it. so you basically and, and like you can essentially like translate your thoughts Onto film. A, yeah. That's kind of a sick power. That's, like, that's like a quirk kind of thing. You know, almost. like, yeah, it's <laughs> weird. So that's why I've kind of always feel, felt like, I, I love editing. I love visual effects, motion graphics, acting, directing, um, all of that stuff, um, costume design, makeup, all the things that I can do, I love it all. 
it all helps me. Um, but like the cinematography, the, the ability to like visualize it and do it and then like show it. And people are like, I really like this shot or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, like I was like, that was, I thought that like in my head, like months ago, you know? And I was like, it's, it's cool. It's a really cool thing. Cause it's like, I'm letting people read my mind, you know? Right. Yeah. It's it's that's a weird thing. Exactly what it is, honestly. That's like, really this dope. Is the vision I had, and like here it is, like exactly. That's that's pretty insane, man. Yeah, honestly. So oh. If you're like recording an event, like you know the RBC thing or like another thing that's happening, yeah. Like, how do you identify what is like video? What you want to record? Like, because there's so many things oh, going on, yeah. everywhere, and there's a hundred percent of these events happening. Yeah, you or do you just like so many? Yeah, do you so just B-reel it and then just pick out what you like? Like, you're like, okay, I can use that here, use that here. You know, it's a weird, you know. Because that one is a hard one like, be like, I want this, this, and this. It's not a story. It's just like, right. it's going to match music. So I assume it would just be like, let me just get as many angles and different things as I can and stick it together, right? Yeah. It's freestyle. You just kind of... So, so it's a little... Oh, man. That's, a, that's weird. I've never like thought about it, my process. You know what I'm saying? Um, Are we ruining it? No, no, no. It's, it's actually kind of giving me some insight here. So like, the, I guess the first thing I think of is like... The location, right? So I was like, okay, the RBC, you know, it's a bar, um, nice big floor, stage. You know, I walked in. The first thing I did was kind of like I set my gear up, started setting my gear, and I'm, I'm looking around. And I'm thinking, okay, it's a bar, so drinks, mm-hmm. you know, lights. Um, you know, the stage, is that stage big enough for me to get on later? Maybe I'll get on the stage later, you know. And then I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay. Then I got my gear set up, and I set up the, the light, the camera, and, the you know, the color, the white balance, the, the exposure, all that stuff. And then when I think I'm ready, I'm like, okay. And then I kind of just float, you know, I just like float around. I'm like, oh, I think I'll get a shot of this drink really close. Okay. And I got that drink. Okay. You know, I know how the drink looks now. And, you know, I, I kind of make like, I guess, mental notes yeah. of like how things look in their current state. So I can come back to that later. Cause sometimes like the lighting will change, you know, it'll turn to like strobe and I immediately think, Oh, get the strobe lights, you know, yeah. while I can, right. or I'm like, Oh, if I can't get it now, I'll get it later. Um, it's a weird I want people to see what I see. And uh, I'm really sensitive to colors and uh, and lights and stuff. So I want I, I try to convey that as best as I can. And I guess that's where my quirk comes in. You know, I'm just yeah. like, yes, mental click. Um, Isn't there a guy in the show that did that? Those yeah, are, he like can like print his. Yeah, I was like, like, what a terrible ability to have. I get it. Like I think that, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really fucking mad though. This dude's got ice and fire powers. <laughs> yeah, like, I can take photos <laughs> and print them out of my goddamn body. Yeah, I like, can do that too. I have a phone. Fucking like. gross. Guy hand me a photo. He just printed out of his chest. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna hand sanitize my fucking hands now. <laughs> Put it in a frame at least. Like, yeah, Jesus like I guess Christ. you're good for espionage missions. Like right, you uh, always like kind of record, but it's like, yo, can I get a gun too? Just in yeah. Place? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's basically yeah, it's weird. It's like if I see something really rad, like I think a lot of times, um, a lot of videos don't capture like the perspective, and that's I think perspective is is I, I always say actually funny perspective and phrasing is key, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you can change one slight slight thing about a perspective, and it alters like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So like and that's as simple as turning a movie into black and white. Right, take the color out. The perspective is completely different. What do you think changes in that? Like, when you do that, like, what exactly? Because huh. I, I do know that that invokes a certain type of look at that. Using big words now, invokes. Invokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do know it, 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 it invokes a certain type of emotion for sure. Because a lot of people, especially a lot of low, I, I, I call them like lowbrow artists. 
they'll just kind of black and white everything. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, man, it's a teacup. Like, you didn't do anything here. You know what I mean? Like, but sometimes it really does hit. Like, it's like, oh, wow, like, that's a really good photo. Like, what is it the black and white does, Do you, if you can word it? I think it, it narrows, it can narrow and expand, like, a vision. Um, I personally love black and white photography the most. as For photography purposes, I love it. I think it's because it, it makes you focus on, I think, like, on a subject or what, like, is captured a little bit more because you're you're constantly trying to like add color like mentally mm. um, to that photo even if like you don't even realize it. you look at a black and white photo and you look at the tree and you automatically think that tree is green right or that tree is probably supposed to be green and like it can really add a a drama to things um, which is uh, I have a short it's like film. a romance to things like it, yeah, it romanticizes the photo a little bit yeah it makes you appreciate a lot of things about a photo and it can make you feel um I, I like the calmness that black and white brings i like doing candid black and white photography um like you take a photo of a you know person sitting at a chair drinking coffee but it's the photos like you know com- like composed beautifully and then everything's blurred out in the background and then they're the subject it's isolating and you can almost like write a story about that person you know what i'm saying just through that black and white photo it just it's like a memory yeah like i, I was just thinking i was like it, it's almost like because it gets rid of the, the the colors because like just like this room we're in right now there's so many colors going on right right but if you get rid of the colors it makes you really focus on the expressions of the people because there's a lot there's a lot less things to focus on right yeah. you take the colors out there's nothing there anymore to like it's more like you're really looking at what the subject of the photo is now yeah it's almost like it gets rid of the distraction almost it, it, yeah, a better way of explaining it. And we're kind of wired to see color as well. So yeah, it's, we see it's a little bit jarring when to see only black and white. Right. Uh, you ever like uh, you're driving and like you want to see something or like so you turn your volume down. Yeah, and right. It's like yeah, you want to limit the senses, you know, to something very specific. You see, you notice more detail when the, when you're using less, uh, I guess, brain power to notice everything else. Yeah, and, you and getting rid of the color mixture, you can really just see what you're looking at. I like it because yeah. like, that's probably why you start really seeing detail and being like, oh wow, this lady looks sad. Yeah, because in the you, color part, I'm like, this looks like you know, it's a photo. Oh, it's an Instagram photo. She's sitting with the coffee at a chair, but like you know, yeah. in black and white, you're like, oh, she's feeling some shit. Like you know, you're like, what is she feeling right now? More to it. Yeah, I uh, I went to New York for the first time last year, and uh, my friend and I did it for 24 hours. We got a fifty dollar round trip to New York for 24 hours. <laughs> so we were like, okay, so we're not going to sleep, and we landed at 1 p.m. And we left 1 p.m. the next day. But that whole day, 24 hours, we walked to New York. We walked, like, 14 miles. We went up, like, 22 floors. We had, like, over, like, 30,000, 40,000 steps or something like that. And I took all photos. I took all these photos from my phone. But um, I did them all in black and white. And, mm-hmm. like, that was kind of, like, this thing. Like, everywhere we went, I was snapping a photo. But I was snapping it in black and white. And, like, those are my favorite photos of all time. And, like, granted, they weren't with, like, my super fancy camera or anything. It's with my phone. Right. But, like... There was something about like seeing the subway in black and white or people in the subway in black and white. Like say it tells like a it's like an emotional like you kind of have to like fill in the blanks. Like you're not given all the information, like the color and stuff. And it's about so, telling a story, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's like a weird visual um way to tell a story and but I love it. So New York subways, man, there's a lot of stories down there. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> yeah. Like you I, like I remember when I was a kid, like just looking at the uh Looking, not even the graffiti, like just the stickers that you see up. Like yeah. you'd be like, "Who put this here?" Like you, like I remember being a kid, and like looking at like there's a there was a payphone down there. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I guess they're still technically there, but like there was a payphone. There's a bunch of stickers, and you're waiting for the the, the subway or whatever. You're just kind of like, 
You're like, man, like you're really like reading all the little graffiti things, and you're like, there's like a whole bunch of history there's a here. Whole much. You're like, how long has this been there? You're like, you know, it's like, yeah, what's the sticker even mean? Like, what is this? Like, someone, like, I don't know. There's just a lot going yeah. on, and it's like random stickers and drawings and stuff. Yeah, and you're just like, I don't even know what this sticker is. There's like some weird symbol on it, but like someone slapped the sticker there, you know, and it's like. Stories, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a it's really weird. I, I guess I might be like again romanticizing something that's very trivial, <laughs> but that's it's art, though. Out. You know, it's yeah. like it's finding some it's finding meaning through something that might not be like giving you once again all the information. You know, you look at like something and it's abstract and you feel a certain emotion. And I think that's the beauty of art and the beauty of like interpreting art is that like everyone will look at this statue differently you know like right. some people look at it and feel like oh, i feel nothing some people look at it and be like it makes me really sad and then some people are like well i don't know why it makes you sad I, I feel like you know some sort of this you know and it's that's like the beauty of it it's just like the interpretation you know i'm thinking like to myself i'm like i feel like invoking emotion out of people is like kind of what keeps you young um in a sense of like there's there's this idea I had where I was like, okay, so death is a part of life, right? So like right. when you go to the, when you essentially for your life when you go to the dinner table, there's your birth, there's your life, and everything that happens on it, and then death is sitting at that table too, and you have to accept that because that's part of it. That's a mm-hmm. part of your your cycle, right? right? Everybody, um, a lot of people are scared of dying, but I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? It, it's it should almost be like a respectful thing. Not that you should kill yourself. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Let's like just take that and like Pull slow it down. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely saying that like it's definitely something that you should respect because in a sense of what happens as we get older is like when we're kids, there's that sense of uh like you were saying earlier, that emotion for mm-hmm. everything. When you're a kid, like Rugrats, you were like, man, that's that was a terrifying episode. <laughs> that was you know what I mean? It was a yeah. Halloween special. And it's just like but everything is like when Spider-Man calls you on the phone for your birthday, you're like, this is the biggest thing ever. Like, this is huge. And everything's new, too. Everything is new. When Sonic the Hedgehog uh, 3 came out, I was like, and Knuckles. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, everything is gigantic now. And everything's a big experience. I went to Disneyland one time, and I remember thinking, like, these are, like, the real, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, like, a magic to the world. And I feel like that's what artists are kind of doing for you. Like, they're still invoking that emotion of, like, wow, like, this is huge. Yeah. Because you don't get that. As you get older, you kind of become more tamed because you've seen a lot. And you're kind of just like, hmm, you know, like, that's cool. Like, oh, it's a yeah. sunny day, but you don't really care that sunny. You're just kind of like, you stay inside and play video games. Right. You're, you'll see sunny days all day. But kids are out there doing shit. Like, it's sunny. I got to go to the park and hit this, like, you know, play kickball or whatever with whoever my friends are. We don't do that anymore. Like, we're kind of just like, sun, you know. Like, yeah. we're older. Um, and as we get older, I feel like we kind of settle into our ways. But... With kids, what I was saying with death is like with kids, I feel like uh, when you move on, you make space for the kids to like you have your kids or, you know, you invest your wisdom in other people's kids. However you want to do it. Yeah. You pass on. You make space because let's be honest, if we didn't die, we'd all be here forever. and We'd crowd the world faster. We probably would be we'd be dead already from emissions because we're we're terrible at this. We're talking right. about that. <laughs> we pulled up. Like this, this climate change uh, change thing is going to kill us. But um, <laughs> I'm definitely like I feel like artists are really great about bringing that child back to us in a sense yeah yeah as adults we can look at it and be like wow like that movie was amazing like or this this uh picture is really invoking some kind of feeling out of me that i didn't have prior for this really mundane subject or this really um small you know everyday everyday thing but for kids those everyday things are huge and they're new yeah i think i remember well i'm sorry i I was just like i remember my i was living in new york for a while and i remember at one point my dad cut this tree down and I remember looking and finding out there's rings on the tree. 
and being like, yo. And my sister being like, oh, yeah, it's the age of the tree. Because she was just know it all, bitch. But she was just like, yeah, it's the age of the tree. And I was just like, as a kid, like counting these rings, like that's how big a deal it was to me. It smells smells different, right? Yeah. tree being cut down, it's like a different smell. There's a stump, and it became like my favorite stump to sit on. Like we play games, I always sit on that stump. That's your stump, dude. Yeah. And it was just like, that was like. I don't know. And now as an adult, it's just like, oh, it's a stump on the side. Oh, who, like, who fucking cut this tree down? Like, right? You know what I mean? God damn it. Hey, <laughs> blocking traffic. <laughs> <laughs> along. And I, I feel like you guys are really important for, uh, I guess, keeping us happy and alive. Art. Because yeah. without art, we would, it would definitely be a very binary one to, you know, get to work, whatever type of life we'd experience. You know, banking. Right. Because you're you bringing do? new things to people, right? Yeah, you're bringing visions that we don't normally see. You're bringing yeah. your aspect of life to us through your art yeah and Um, and that's honestly one of the biggest things like i try to now make things for myself um like 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 i spoke about the cosplay like i make cosplay now not for the instagram likes or anything or trying to get like famous but i make it for myself because it's a costume that i really wanted or is something that i've always wanted to wear as a kid growing up and like Mm -hmm. never had the chance to um until like now so it's like i make it for my my own enjoyment my own mental health and if that brings like happiness to others, then like it's a double win, you know, for me. It's weird, like yeah. that's amazing, because like I I agree with that. Like I I appreciate that you do that because not a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot, not a lot of people. I feel like not a lot of people think about doing things for others when it comes to jobs. Like when it comes to jobs, they think about what this job does for me, which is okay. I know you you gotta eat, but it, it's weird to think that. Mm, I lost my train of thought again. I was thinking about too much shit. about self-expression, right? I think a lot of artists that are really successful, what they do is they make things that they like. Yeah. And, and irregardless of <laughs> what people Irregardless? Think. Is that a word? It is a word. <laughs> I, I, irregardless. I say this on purpose because it triggers people. Because regardless <laughs> is a word, and irregardless is also a word. That means the same exact thing. I'm going to stick with that. It means the same exact thing. Yes, as... irregardless of what people think. I, I, I'm going to do it irregardless of your opinion. <laughs> no, but it's Every time like, you say my mind kind of like stops for a second and then keeps going, like, that's the point. I got to pause it, and be like, wait, what? It's art, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a, a matter of uh, appealing to the most like strict critic, which is like yourself, right? Yeah. And if it can pass that standard, then it's, you know, other people might be attracted to it, they may not be. But right. if it's true to yourself, then that's, you know, it's really art. And I think as far as, like, the death thing, the crazy part about media now is it is permanent because it's on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like you take a picture, you make a video, and it's out there. And it'll be saved by people. It'll live on their hard drives. It'll live in the cloud. So it's like this kind of... <laughs> the cloud? You mean, like, the cloud, not heaven? No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like the actual cloud. But <laughs> Oh, the actual cloud. <laughs> no, heaven heaven the real, only but, real cloud. I mean, the physical, physical cloud. Physical cloud. <laughs> not physical, but like digital. But yeah, yeah I mean, like it's permanent. Yeah. And it's like widespread. People can copy it for free. Mm-hmm. That's like, nuts. Imagine if you could make a statue and people could copy the statue for free. They definitely could with pre, uh, 3D printing now. But I mean, they have to spend resources to remake it. True, true. Where true. this is like almost, you know, relatively free to copy it. A million times. And I think it's a really powerful thing for a legacy. Let's say you make a lot of videos. I mean, they can be seen hundreds of years from now, potentially, by millions of people, and you would never know. And I think that's like almost a form of immortality, in a way, as far as kind of cheating death. is like you're creating this thing that's going to be around long after you are. I mean, that's essentially what kids are, right? I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, we're getting really deep into it. Yeah, that's, like, that's what kids are like. That. Like, Kyle's going to be like... 
honestly, let's be real here. We're all adults. You're going to be dead someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to head out, guys. I'm going yeah, I'm, I'm to head out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like um, having kids would be the thing that keeps you alive because like whatever you invest in them is like you literally invested. Like kids are so malleable. We've talked about this a couple times. And I was actually watching uh, that Netflix show just recently. Um, right before y'all pulled up. It was the cat thing. Uh, don't don't fuck with cats. There's a Netflix show called I mean, Don't Fuck I, with I, Cats. Yeah, I've heard of that show. Yeah, it's only got three episodes out, and it's like each episode's about an hour, but it's about a serial killer. Um, oh. I like essentially. There's there's so much going on. Oh man, why do I keep doing this? I keep looking at Colin, thinking about stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I got questions to ask. I'm and I thing. lose him, man. Might be. He looks so inquisitive. Like he's like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, yes, go on. Talk about uh, influencing kids and how that's kind of like your legacy. Yeah, so when you're, you're hmm, let, me, let me sort this out before. All right, all right go, go ahead, ahead, guys. Let me sort this out in my head and I get this well, together. I, I can speak on that in the sense of like, you know, the thought of a legacy is just, it's uh, it can be a lot of things. I guess traditionally it's always been kids. Like, you know, you grow up, you have a family, you have kids, and then you die kind of thing. But like now in the age of like digital where like you were saying, everything is just, everything is permanent. You know, it's right. all, you're immortalized in, in essence. Uh, it's It's a weird thing that like, now today nowadays society like people like you know our generation isn't like having as many kids like mm-hmm. we're in that we've we've like learned from our like <laughs> baby boomer mistakes and now we're yeah. we have the education to be like no we don't want kids at least to like like we're way more secure yeah we're way more uh we have a different thought process about it um and now everything is like online so I mean, it's a weird thing that, like, legacy has, like, shifted from, you know, just essentially just, like, procreation to, like, immortalization by, like, how much of your 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 personality, how much of your, like, exactly, consciousness yeah. can you put on the internet? Because, <clears throat> pardon me, um, like, that's honestly, like, what you said, it's like living forever. Because if I can upload, like, hundreds of videos of myself, almost like we mentioned, like, at the very beginning, like, an autobiography kind of thing, just, like, right. vlogging, talking about my day, my life... Like that's more immortalized in memory than like say like someone who you spoke to or you know you talked to like your niece, your nephew, your your even your kids, and you tell them stories about yourself. Like that's stories that live on through them. But even then, one day those stories will diminish and be lost. But on that note, I think even the interactions you have like that, it kind of is your legacy in a way. Right. Like I've been around Josh for a while, so I mm-hmm. feel like a certain percent of my personality is from Josh. And probably vice versa. I'm pretty powerful, yes. Yeah, no, I, 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 you too. <laughs> like, I'm a certain percent of Josh is like Sam, right? I, now, I feel like it's pretty high. He's, he's starting to show up on time and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, I think like those interactions, like let's say if you think about the most Im- influential podcaster, let's talk about Joe Rogan or something. Mm. So let's say there's an online friend he had in Quake who was just really influential. And we, we'll never know their, their name or whatever. But let's say this is really influential uh, online friend. Yeah, so mm. Joe Rogan used to play a lot of Quake like online. Like, really? He was in college like, and stuff. He was like, that was like the game he would like heavily mess with. He talks about it all the time on his podcast. Yeah. Which is really popular. But I mean, if he has like this friend and this friend has a huge amount of influence on his personality, mm. that means that the world's personality is disproportionately reflective of this one online friend. 
right. we'll never know who it is, but I feel like that's still that form of you left a you left a like a drip in the world, like yeah, in, yeah. invoking that you know personality on the world. Yeah, no like, more uses of the word invoke. <laughs> invoke <laughs> purpose. <laughs> you know we're doing it now, regardless of how you feel. Use the right. There we go. You're gonna say that in conversation, and you're, like, oh, you, you know you're gonna do it, and you're gonna defend it like I did. All right, all right. <laughs> That is the legacy now. There we go. <laughs> it's been added. My kids, like, it's like 30 years later. It regardless. <laughs> <laughs> My God, man. No, but like definitely, I feel like, I've always, I always use that that same, um, I guess, uh, analogy where I use uh, kids as almost like a save file. Like, yeah. you're, you're yeah. playing uh, Pokemon and you will say, you're, there's 750 or I think 800 now because they just downloaded some more. Pokemon. Yeah. Imagine if you had all your Pokemon, like you're playing hardcore, and then you're like, you know what, I'm kind of done with the game. You gave it to your kid who was like seven, and he started with 600 Pokemon, or we'll say 300. From there forward, he now starts you with your save file, yeah. and he has to go forward with it, however much you gave him. That's kind of what kids are. Like, they're so malleable, and their brains are so forming. Everything you say, whether you're punishing them or whether you're teaching them, that's so, like, whether they want to admit it or not, it becomes a part of them. It is yeah. molding how they react to other people. If, every time they do something, if, every time that your kid has fun, you get mad at him. There's a good chance that when he gets older, that's going to affect him in a certain way with his friends. Right. Like all these things are, and that's because of dad or mom or whatever, or some weird babysitter thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you even, know what even I mean? that, yeah. Yeah, like I know, I think, uh, well, I know for me personally, it, uh, there, was a, there was a situation where I, I was living in New York, of course, still. And uh, my dad was, uh, he was a part of like, it was weird. He was a part of gangs and stuff, right? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot too. Like, he wasn't like some like pizza guy. Like, he was in that shit. And he met my yeah. mom who was doing evangelistic work. Like, people who don't know evangelistic work is like, uh, she was Christian and she was going around and like preaching to people, yeah. whatever. That's how she met my dad. Because um, he was with his gang at the time. She actually went to their area and he was like, you know, Okay, she's bad. Like I'll listen. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, yeah. I guess I'll listen to this one. You know, so it worked out. Um, but uh, of course, I ended up showing up eventually later. And my dad was actually a part of a group of guys who ended up being like a. They were a club uh, of guys, and they were all like um, recovering drug addicts or gang members, stuff like that. Right? Mm. It was a whole clubhouse that I used to go to all the time as a kid. Like I was like, I have photos of them. Should probably post up eventually. <laughs> I just don't. I don't think about it, but. That because of that, like I remember these guys all the time, and it was like Spanky and like uh, one dude's name. Uh, there was a guy named Bob, which doesn't happen anymore. You know, yeah. that was like definitely a '90s thing. Uh, there was Raheem, and it was just a bunch of dudes who literally invested time into me all the time, which is wild because I was like Francisco's son, right? Right. So I would be around the house, and like the thing is, we didn't like the pastor that my mom originally worked with. He ended up leaving to go on some huge mission trip, and we got to live in his house for a little bit. So that's how we we lived for a while. It's a long story. I'm sorry. I'll cut it it's down. It's a good story. Keep going. <laughs> but essentially, um, that's how we lived like somewhat comfortably for a couple of years. Yes. And my dad would always go back to this clubhouse. He would take me with him. And I remember one Christmas, they bought me a Megazord. Like, the guys got their money. All these broke dudes Man. who had, like, really rough lives and shit. They got together and they bought me this Megazord that was about my height because I was like four. And I was oh like, God. oh, like I freaked <laughs> out. And I was like moving it around. And the dudes were all like, you know, they all, I walked around, I had to give everyone a hug and everything. And I remember one guy trying to teach me how to play golf when I was a kid. Like he took me out to the golf course. Like it was like not even a golf course. It was literally one hole. Yeah. And I was like, I remember these kid guys exp- like investing time in me constantly. Yeah. And 
I remember remember that Aladdin game for Sega Genesis? Yeah, I remember that. The, I, I which game? Know, it was Aladdin. Yo, yes. Yes. Yeah. Dude. I oh played that. I rented God. that game from a video store a long, long time ago. And I remember telling these guys about this game. And this dude was not like they were so <laughs> nice that they acted like they gave a fuck with you. I, I talked about that game nonstop. <laughs> and um all that, like, I remember those fond memories so well. Um, that now that I'm older, it's like kids are just a big part of my life. Like I understand how big a deal we are to them. Yeah. Like when they when you have an older especially a guy for mm-hmm. guys, for boys and stuff like that, you have a guy who's willing to invest time in you and actually care, uh, those definitely shape you. You know what I mean? Because um, I could definitely be a different person, I feel like, without those memories and without, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could have changed. I actually had both my parents. I always say that and reference that to who I am today because yeah. a lot of guys, I they don't. You know, a lot of kids don't have their dad. So they don't know what a relationship's supposed to look like when they get older. They don't really have that reference point. Like, I have mom and dad. I know what that's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You fight a little bit, but overall, she loves you. She makes you breakfast <laughs> once in a while. You know what I mean? Once in a while, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. But a lot of people are really struggling with that. And even uh, little girls, especially. I've, I, like, I've done a lot of uh, working with kids for martial arts or gyms. And I've noticed even with kids, uh, girls specifically, like the attention they want when they don't have a father figure is like, from my personal experience, seems to be a ton. Um, you know how like there's always a saying where people are like, oh, that girl's got daddy issues. Like those are the, you know, like those yeah. are always the wild girls. But it's like honestly, like it's because of the I I believe it's because of the attention they want from male figures in general. They don't really realize it. Yeah, it's they like that's like a it. whole psychological like yeah. that stereotype comes from a little bit of even if even if it might be super small, it still comes. Stereotypes come from a little bit of truth, you know. Exactly. So yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I feel like. I've had a lot of girls like. Uh, that I've hung out with, and you, I, I posted a couple of those pictures where, yeah, after the fight, I gave one of the girls my beanie, or I, you know, I, I had something, or we'd go to the mall, and I'd show them, like, whatever. It'd be like these two little girls. I'm sure people at the mall are like, what the fuck? Why is this dude hanging these kids? <laughs> one of them is white, like, did he steal these children? You know what I mean? But it, it's just like, it, they, they want, like, they contact you constantly. They're like, hey, when are we gonna do this? When are we gonna go out and whatever? Because they, you know, they don't have that male figure. Yeah. And I'm just, all I'm really trying to say, I guess, at the end of this is like how important it is for us to be able to invest in the generation below us because like they're going to be running shit in a little bit. Yeah. And like if they come out as fucked up as most of the kids we know, <laughs> <laughs> like I see my Facebook and those people are not all right, man. I'm like, yeah. all I see is trauma <laughs> and trauma all over the place. But like you're saying like the investment in you, like, Years ago is now paying off. Yeah, even and though like, I don't remember all their names because you know like, there were so many guys. But you remember how they made you feel, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, like it was too important. Like, um, because I feel like that's why I have that sense of loving me now for people. Yeah, because like I, the guys who raised me, quite literally, the guys who raised me were all people in a halfway home. You know what I mean? So you would think like you need a bunch of guys who like have money and understand politics and whatever. But I'm yeah. like, that's not what raised me at all. Like. Literally, the dude's name was Spanky. <laughs> like, I don't know his real name. Dude, like, like, they would just invest time. It was just time. And because of that, now, like, my, uh, I guess, love language, as you want to call it, yeah. is, like, just time spent. Like, the more you're around me, the more I start fucking with you just because you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even have to talk. <laughs> you, can be, you can be a really weird dude, but I'm like, you know what? You stay here, man. Right. <laughs> we chill. Yeah, and I feel like that's important. Comparatively to, uh, I dated a girl in the past one time where her dad wasn't ever around. He, when he did come back around, she uh, he like cheated on her mom, 
Like he, he came back around, cheated on her mom, and then went back to jail for doing some other shit. Mm. Uh, so she didn't really have her dad. Um, and her mom didn't have time for her because her mom, not that her mom was a bad person, her mom was just busy working to support her and her brother. So her mom would buy her things all the time. That's how she, like, she was like, hey, you know, like, yeah, I got you, but I got to go to sleep. Here's this. Right. You know what I mean? So when we started dating, her love language was so off for me because she wanted, she, she found love through what I could do, services and uh, gifts. It was yeah. a big thing for her. Like, cause she would buy, she would show me love by buying me gifts all the time, huh. and I don't really, I don't really care for gifts that much. I do, I love it, cause it shows that the person cares. But like, I can only logically respond to that, like, oh, they care, right? You're like, oh, thanks, you know, yeah, feels, like, feels good. But you're like, gonna come and watch TV with me, like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I've, yeah, I had the same thing. Um, we're like dating some like women, and like, yeah, their love language is like, you know, they want like gifts and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm much more of like that, like touch, uh, time spent. The touch um, one has gotten me in problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one of mine too, and I need to keep it to myself. Right. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it's definitely it's such a weird like psychological thing that like you know yeah it, like the future is literally just investing in youth more than like mm-hmm. like oneself because like they're gonna take care of you in the end and like uh, the generations before us is like the generation before us and then I think the the one before them like it was like a a wide like spread of like indulgence and i think that's why like we're in the state that we are now and in our generation is trying to like correct most of that with all of our you know we have we're so far on like social media and like social justice yeah social justice and all the issues are now like in the open and we're like you know trying to hammer it into like the generation before us has had that like these things need to change and so we can and i think that's also why you know where our generation is having less kids you know uh, we're buying less houses. We're doing all these things like differently than they are because we're like, okay, no, we saw what you guys did. And like, now we're going to fix that so we can yeah. make the future generations like, Your you know, come up. up. When are you going to, when are you go buy a house? Like, dad, are you out of debt yet? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. When like, are you going to pay off your house? Yeah, like, <laughs> man, like, can I make this money first? Like, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree to that. Um, there's just, there's so much going on with uh, we, us realizing that. Us realizing picking up on their mistakes and trying to correct them is, I think, a great thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the social justice, I think, is really good because it's putting us in a position in history where we've never historically been, where we care about, like, these little, um, well, racism is a thing that we, people actually respond to now. Like, before it was like, ah, shut up. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. we actually, have a, we have a voice now yeah. um, to an extent. And I mean, a lot of other issues, too, traumatic experiences and things like that, like, those are respected with women. Like women say certain things, and now we have to respect it comparatively. T- comparatively to before, where especially in the eight, like have you watched uh, Stranger Things? Yeah. Have you watched? Do you remember the? Have you seen the newer season? Yeah. The way the guys talked to that one, uh, the one chick who would get them coffee. Oh yeah, that that was cringe. It was like, weird, it's, right? It's very yeah. It's but very, that was like, very nineties eighties s. That was a thing. Yeah. Like, Yikes. hey, sweet cheeks, go get me a cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like, like we were watching that. And we're like, yo, oof. can you call her that? Like. Like, like, I actually think when that happened, I looked at Crystal and I think I repeated that to her (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) It's it's different. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah, like I, that I've used to not be uh, growing like going through like film school. We had to like watch all those like uh, like time pieces, like period pieces and stuff that have like you know they were in the '60s, they were in the '30s or whatever. Even like the historical, historically accurate films and stuff. Like those were always so rough to watch because it was like, damn, we used to do that shit. Like. 
I'm like, ugh. Don't, don't we us, bro. I wasn't in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we as a race. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's just we're like, doing dang. Now, that I think they're going to look back on and be like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, like, it, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to be like, wow, these motherfuckers. I thought the pendulum is swinging a little bit too hard, though, sometimes. Well, but I think... The good news is that is that the Americans in like the Western culture is kind of like setting the tone for things. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So like you know we're kind of ahead of the curve, even though we have all these problems. At least we can identify them, right? So even if you compare it to like Mexico or something, or you know even like a huge country like China or India, they're following in our footsteps like culturally, mm-hmm. and they're going to be doing the same things that you know we were doing twenty years ago. But they're catching up. So we're kind of like, you know, pathfinding here. Yeah, we are definitely the trailblazers. And they're not just sound like we're like the cool ones or anything, but like as far as pop culture, like like people focus on America. Yeah, Yeah. we're the center, mostly the center of like pop culture and like film and media and all that stuff. Our problems are really obvious to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) They they have their own problems too, but it's not as obvious as ours. So whenever we solve them, it kind of solves it for the future. Because we, everyone's recognizing what transgenderism is. Like at this point, like it's a thing on the table, and you need to kind of look at it. Yeah. Comparatively to before, it was like, oh, this this tranny. Oh, it's like you know, what I mean? like you can't really say that shit. Right. Yeah. Like I guess you could, but you might get your ass beat. Yeah. We're all <laughs> like, at you like what, dude? Like what? Like shit. And it happens everywhere. Like it's not just an American thing. Like those people are around the world, and you know, like you were saying with the way that our generation is, I think there's our form of you know boomers in mm. china like right now like this the yeah. chinese boomers are this generation so i think the world population is almost at its max like it's like 7.2 oh, billion i think yeah. western countries are they're going down like japan is like almost losing people from generation to generation so i feel that's like because a lot of this i feel is because like the the amount of uh financial stress that has been put on us in this time period mm-hmm. this is my like theory on the whole like why we're having less kids too like it's hard to be financially stable nowadays. It's not like it was back in the day where it's like, hey, you work as a teacher and you're doing just okay. Mm-hmm. Like teachers don't get paid a lot, man. And like with the with the all the different taxes on your land and even this apartment, like everything just costs a lot now. Yeah, I, I, you have to really have a good job to be able to afford everything and then add kids on top of that. Yeah, it's not like back in the day. Like we had five kids in my family. Oh dang, bro, it was wild. At one point when we first moved to Texas, like. We got we saved money at that that pastor's house. We saved money, and then we got to the point where we had just enough money to like drive down here, and uh, yeah, we drove, bro. <laughs> there ain't no plane tickets for yeah, set yeah. five kids. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. like we drove down here, and I remember we stayed in uh, with a cousin. We all it was all five of us in one bedroom, or all seven Whoa. of us. I'm sorry, my parents and us. Like we're all like it was like one big mattress on the floor, and like someone was be hanging out the mattress. It's just like. Whoa. It's wild to think like that's supposed to be like that's supposed to be normal. Like, right. who, who do you know at our age who has three, four, five kids? Yeah, that's not normal anymore. We're almost nope. in our thirties. That's not normal. Right. Like we start around thirty, we might have one. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. And by thirty, yeah, they yeah. And the chance of having kids after at around thirty is when girls it becomes a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, or actually, it becomes a little bit. I think it's higher uh, health issues. Yeah, it's it's like between it's like thirty and thirty five. Yeah. The yeah, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, it ha- it's kind of hard, like, because it's like our social and our financial situations are not the same. Like, yeah, we should have kids. Because like, women notice their buys are telling them, I'm assuming, I don't yeah. know this, but I'm assuming, like, their buys are telling them, like, hey, they're, even their brains are telling them after a while, like, yo, I better crank one of these things out. Because yeah, gotta have kids. These eggs is about to go bad. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, but it's just like to, to, to do that to yourself when you're not completely secured is a little rough. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird situation. Yeah, and I think 
you know, we have so many people in the world now. Like mm. you, the reach of one person is just huge. Like you could, you know, post a video and get half the world to see it. Like, you know, yeah. you think about uh, Gangnam Style or something like that's just one small piece of culture exported to this huge population. Mm. Yeah. So I think even in the far like sci-fi future, there may not be this many people again. Bro, I don't think we're going to make it to the far side. <laughs> but, yo, when me and Kyle pulled up here, I went to go get him, and we were talking about uh, climate change and how we have, like, 12 years left, roughly. Like, that's what, like, I remember last year I was watching uh, some scientists talk about it, and they were saying it was about 12 years from now where it was going to get to the point where, like, the tropics, or it was, like, the equator and the poles, right? Poles right. are cold, equator's hot. Mm-hmm. Climate change is, is really global warming. That's why it's called, they've kind of quoted it as climate change now. Mm-hmm. The extremes are getting more extreme. Yeah. So the hot is becoming way too hot, and the cold is becoming way too cold, or colder than it was before. And then it kind of keeps flipping all over the place because everything, air pressure and everything else. But it's getting to the point where it's going to get to a point where the creatures in the equator, like the Caribbean area and everything, it's going to mm-hmm. get too hot for them to live there. And they're not going to be much where they go, so they just die off. Or they move up. Right. And if they move up, they'll start killing off the creatures there. Right. Either overeating the vegetation or dying or killing off the you know, the inhabitants over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how food chains work. When you mm-hmm. remove one thing, everything goes out of whack immediately. Like, there's too much deer now. What do we do? We need to choose wolves. Well, now the wolves are killing all the deer, and those are getting big as hell. Mm-hmm. Now we have a different <laughs> issue. You know what I mean? Now they're breeding more. hog? Yeah. Like, out in the wild, there's so many. Like, I saw a map, and they're just, like, running wild. Australia. Yeah. Australia has a, a, a pig issue where... So, pigs are weird, because they evolve... Instantly. In their lifetime. Yeah, they can evolve. And they eat everything. Or they, they destroy yeah. everything. They, they so. yeah. eat people. Like, it is they do gross. eat people. It yeah, is they, crazy. They most most farm deaths everything. are due to, to pigs. Yeah. <laughs> you fall in the pig pen when they haven't eaten and they'd kill you. Yeah, they'd eat you. They literally will just eat you. Because everything they, everything they find in that, that pen is like Food. fair game. You know? That is why. People want them as pets. I'm like, bro, did you feed him today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> like. Like you're just like oh yo, like you give your, your your kid a pet like pig and he like bites out her jugular. Jesus, <laughs> the bacon's having you for breakfast. Like that's some <laughs> fucked stuff right there. Oh man, I don't know. I just because yeah, the, like, in twelve Australia, years. I think I'm oh, gonna bet on past twelve years just in the case that we do survive. I lose nothing because we're gone. No, we'll we'll yeah. be. That's the thing. We'll be here, but it'll just be a lot harder. Yeah, like Texas will be more extreme temperature than it is now. Because like, let's be real, it was snowing. Last night, and now it's sunny out, and it looks like it's like 70 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, was quite literally snowing. There was snow on my car. This there was a tornado. Yeah, and there was tornado warning last night. Like, what is going on? That's crazy. And now it's uh, now it's just, like, amazing looking. And, like, that's somewhat normal-esque after a tornado. Yeah. But it's like, it was snowing, too, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's like the Sims weather, you know? It's just like <laughs> you, you hit, the, like, the super fast forward button, and all the weather just kind of, like, Within flies by. Yeah. Everything, like, all four seasons. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man, the Sims was a great time. I'm not going to get to you know, <laughs> I can't keep jumping around. But yeah, man. Um, I, I just think it's it's kind of wild. Like, to a, to an extent, it's like I can only imagine after a certain point of time for us to live comfortably. We're, like everyone's gonna start moving into North America, like those places like between Can- the equator Canada where it's like frozen now. It's gonna be all right. Yeah, because like the polar bears are already like I was talking to him. Polar bears are already getting to the point where they can't really hunt. Like they're getting because like they go on those little ice. Uh, those little they go on those little ice floating ice pieces yeah. and they'll hunt seals. Mm-hmm. Well, the ice pieces are all melting or becoming too thin for them to stand on, so they're not able to hunt like they were before, mm-hmm. and it's becoming an issue. Like they're just dying. Yeah, like polar bears be extinct. Yeah. So when polar bears are extinct, after that, that cold temperature is gonna keep moving down. It's gonna go into Canada. So certain people in Canada are gonna be like, "Yo, we can't live in these 
crazy ass temperatures anymore. Let's move it down. It's gonna keep happening. <laughs> Until like, we're, like, we're gonna like have overcrowded. Safe haven here. Yeah, because then Arizona's gonna be hot as shit. Yeah, we're like, yo, these summers like just stay inside, everybody, until the point where they move up to Colorado or wherever else. Like, and it's gonna flood all the coasts as well, where most people live on the coast. California is already under sea level, so yeah. that's gonna flood up because what happens when you have ice above water? When that ice melts, it goes into the water, yeah. and raises the temp. Like people don't understand that. It's really strange to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain this to anyone, but but I think it's like you know. One of those things where you look in sci-fi and they're looking back at how Earth was. Like that's mm-hmm. why we need to kind of record it, <laughs> just for yeah. just for everyone who won't be able to see it in the future. Like what 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 was like in this time? Well, they said like I read this thing. I think, I, don't quote me on the time. It was like seventy years in the future or something. Um, that we make it into the future seventy years. That like water will be like the most fought over resource. Like yeah, there will be water. wars over fresh water. That's like, wild. resources. It's already an issue in a lot of places. Yeah, then that, that's, like, terrifying to think of. Like The most fundamental human, you know, yeah. need. <laughs> yeah. I take my two showers a day. I need yeah. my fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> like, rations and stuff. Like, imagine another country, like, coming over, like, here, and then, like, there's literally, like, occupations around, like, masses of lakes and stuff because they're controlling the water. Like That was actually, in, you ever play Fallout? Uh, I dabbled, but I never, like, owned in, like, Hardcore played. Is that like a thing in Fallout? In every game. There, really? like, a huge resource. It's a, yeah, it's a huge resource. Because, like, uh, if you, especially if you play like the realistic mode, there's a cache and there's a realistic mode. And, like, where you have to drink water, you have to eat. And everything oh, else. like it's a radiated. survival, like. Yeah, you're out there in the wasteland. You're really, like, fighting things. And, like, I remember, like, raiding a store and getting, like, little water bottles and just being like, this is God. Like, I would drink, like, one water and we'll ration it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what keeps you alive. One sip now. One and, sip later. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there was a part in the game where these guys, uh, they saw it. I'd say like a piece of it. They saw Elvis as like a god because they 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 saw him as the king. Like they read all the oh tabloids and everything, <laughs> and they were like, "This guy was like the king back in the day." Like, <laughs> and they really believed it. And they all had pompadours. And they'd all dress like him. Oh my goodness! And they were like a gang, but they became like uh, they were pretty cool. Like I liked them. I fucked with them heavily. So at one point, there was a, a military, the California military, trying to come through and like clean the places up, and they were controlling the water to that city. It was right outside of Las Vegas. And uh, they were, like, on the water pump, the one water pump that these poor people had. They were on it. And they were just like, hey, we're, you know, we're distributing this correctly. This is how we do it, whatever, whatever. And those guys were like, yeah, we, sh- we should be able to spread that water around to everybody in the community. And it became a dilemma because I'm like, I get the water problem. Yeah. Because, like, when you meet the military, you understand what they're trying to do. Well, these people are t- clearly dying as is. So you make a decision yeah. on, like, do you help the... You know, help the, the people help the, the or yeah, and oh, that just shit. became one of those things. And I was like, I ended up helping the Elvis guys because they were my boys. But. <laughs> <laughs> but in the game, there's like several major battles over the Hoover Dam, controlling that water source. Oh my god! And most of the main quest in the games is uh, kind of achieving this clean source of water. Yeah. So that's getting power doing. too. Yeah, pa- electricity. Electricity because like you want to have electricity in certain places, and the rich people want to. Mm. They kind of hoard all the electricity. When you go to the, like, literally even that Vegas Strip, the Vegas Strip is lit the fuck up. And then everything outside, like, there's a wall, and then right outside the Vegas Strip is, like, the normal people, and, like, there's nothing. It's, Man. like, they kind of have houses, but it's, like, you know, whatever. It was wild. And I'm, like, that really makes a lot of sense, because, like, it's all about who has the power yeah. at that point, and that's where we're going to put the resources, because we don't have time for everybody else. It's weird, man. In a lot of places people live now, it depends on, kind of, importing a lot of water, importing a lot of energy. So yeah. we won't be able to live, like, in... You know, a lot of places in Alaska or in Arizona, mm-hmm. if this happens. So, what are we? Gonna, well, 
gonna have to record that stuff now. Yeah. What do we do for it? What? Do, well, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna let that play out. All right. Yeah. Hey, right okay. now, I'm chilling. Right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> or like in an, Antarctica. Like, how would you live in Antarctica if we didn't have you know a surplus of water, surplus of energy? I think like the human stuff that we can do now, it's really dependent on us having you know easy access to basic yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, art would take a hit because then people are going to start focusing. Because this, this is what happened in the past with Rome and stuff like that. Because um, I, I believe Greece is very big in their art. But Rome as a whole wasn't at the time because... They just copied Greece. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they they, simulate, like, they kind of assimilated into them or yeah. they had it, Greece assimilated into them because that's what they do, um, if I remember that straight. But yeah, when, when things get bad, generally art's the first thing to go. Yeah, you know what I mean because everyone's like, "Yo, go do something with your life, <laughs> help communities out." But like, then everyone's miserable. That's what ends up happening. So it's like there's a like you have to realize that like even in The Sims, like you know how like you can't go to work if you're not a certain level of happy, right? Or yeah. you can't you can't get promotions or anything. Like you're, you're yeah, need like you need to suffer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what really ends up happening. Like when you get rid of art and stuff like like we talked about earlier, it's what keeps you that that oh my god, that's amazing. When you get rid of that feeling, people die, man, and like. Yeah. It, it's like they, there's not a lot of progress being done. So the only people who are going to make progress are the richer people. And I feel like the Dark Ages, that's why it took us so long to move out of that. Because there wasn't a lot of happiness. It was like yeah. the king had a fucking private gesture and everybody else was like laughing at what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. John's an idiot. You're still in serp- uh, servitude, man. Shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're not doing much better than anybody else. But I don't know. It, but like you know, we still or back then. Let's talk about like two hundred years ago. They still looked at Rome for their art, and like for the cool stuff that, or in Greece for the cool stuff they created. That's timeless. I think like this is that time where kind of things might get worse in the far future, and then look back to you know the two thousands, the nineteen hundreds, whenever we had this timeless stuff as being created. Yeah, the Renaissance. Yeah, it's gonna be like. You know, God forbid that that like shit actually comes to pass, because um, yeah. that's like so fucked to think about. But like, it'll be like a historical renaissance of like the two thousands, or like yeah. you know, look at all of this art when the internet was. You know, people back. You know, by the, when, we had time to use the internet and just yeah. joke around on it. People were gonna be like, so the internet back in the day was this massive thing. They're gonna be fun. like the internet. <laughs> you know, like they're not gonna be able to understand that you could just like hop on your phone and search anything in the world at any point and like and we're not using it to our advantage nearly as much as we should man yeah it's, that it's weird me. it's <laughs> weird to think of like how they will think of internet in like a post-apocalyptic society society and like the art that we've created videos you know photography you know even cosplay and all this other stuff like it's gonna be like such like a commodity yeah that extreme. we took for granted like, what um, the hell are they doing like, like this is i'm sure people are gonna look at it like almost like a like like you said a renaissance like they're gonna love it for what it was yeah, but then I'm like, we don't we don't do that really. Like it's gonna be more like wartime shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When I, I do want to reiterate, the twelve year thing is more when we get to a point of no return, not yeah. when things go to like it's inflection not, point. Yeah, it's like okay, the polar bears are fucked. We have to accept that, and global warming is getting to a point where we can't really change things, and it's going to progressively get a little bit worse every year from then on. Yeah, yeah. after that twelve year mark, it's like a point of no return. Like we've done too much of the atmosphere. Yeah, to help. It's just going downhill from there. There's yeah, no, there's no yeah. That's kind of what that is. It's not like at 12 years, it's going to be like Y2K all over Gee. again. Flip <laughs> the switch. Oh. Yeah, they, they thought up. we were going to get nuked. Remember two, oh, the year 2000? Yeah. We were like nine. They had like banners up in our elementary school. <laughs> Y2K kids were like, remember the glasses? The two? <laughs> the, the two. Y2K. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. That shit was so cheesy. 
They really thought we were gonna like. They were like, oh, electricity's gonna fall out. Like, no, they said airplanes are gonna fall out of the air. Yeah, electricity was gonna like just stop working. Computers are just gonna blow up in your face. Yeah, I'm still at I'm still at school, so I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they thought the same thought the same thing about uh six six six, June sixth. 2006 oh, yeah. when that was happening 2012? yeah 2012 was it the mind calendar one the 2012 yeah. that was the mind one everyone thought like the world was gonna end and uh the minds like they're always right they don't exist anymore they couldn't have <laughs> always been right i mean they were weirdly right about some shit though which i guess was where that like what was scare it? comes from like they predicted like solar eclipses and stuff oh okay I feel like mathematically you could do that though right i yeah. mean you know mathematically yeah which you know back then was like so ahead of like like their tech, like technological capabilities. Hold on, though, no. because like let's look, let's look at their pyramids real quick and there how perfectly those things were sculpted. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't do that with just like a pickaxe. Like you had to mathematically like make some really good cuts and measure everything up. You know, it was really nice. Like they, they have some really nice architecture, and people are confused there. about that still to this day. They're like, how did they build this? Aliens. Be- <laughs> it's gotta be <laughs> possibly, <laughs> but I mean, like Stonehenge, all that stuff. Like, how did you even get it those no rocks sense. up yeah. there on top of that? That's a weird one. And like, the what are the the big uh, the the heads? The um, oh yeah, in the islands. Yeah, the, like yeah, the the islander heads or whatever. Like those massive ones that are like underground and stuff. It's like how the f- like there's a lot of weird things like that where they would, we're really confused. It's like. There's no record of how it was made either. There's like it makes no sense. It's weird. Well, we lost a lot because okay, so we lost a lot of information. Because of that whole dark... Well, a lot of people a long time ago didn't record things. But on top of that happening, the Dark Ages started up. Which is like, that's when uh, God blessed the Dark Ages because it gave us Legend of Zelda and other time, things like that. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it gave us a great period of time to like be like, that was cool, but it really wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Back then, they hey, literally... That could be now. It could be the Dark Ages. Well, yeah, on but, the other end... Well, before the Dark Ages, there was Rome and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But they ended up burning all the books because of that Christianity thing that happened, right? Um... When they burned all those books, that's what turned us into the Dark Ages. We for, like we yeah, dead we ass forgot history. everything. Yeah, we didn't because Rome had uh, aquifers and they had a, a whole like toilet system. Yeah, you could shit; it would go down a, a little thing. It would like be balanced out correctly and go to where it needs to be. In the Dark Ages, the bubonic plague; these niggas are shitting in the middle of their town. Yeah, they're they're like literally shitting in like holes. Yeah, they just toss it out of their like their. They would windows. shit, and there's places and in the rats- world that do that now, though. Yeah, oh, no, but like, scary part. It was because of, like that. It was a rat infestation. Like they didn't have any knowledge of anything. They would shit in the towns. The rats would come in. They would spread that disease around. And then people started dying from bubonic plague. A third of the population died out. Yeah, so that's even more architecture. Like a third of the people dying today. <laughs> Imagine if a third happened to be all the people who know how to build cars. How fucked are we? Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that's uh, what I thought, man. Maybe I should like go back to school and like learn to be a doctor. So if like the apocalypse fucking happens, like I'm like I'm a doctor. I'm not like oh I can I can shoot this person over here with this yeah we camera. can all shoot buddy. So <laughs> 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 what am I do with this camera now? Like damn, so I was like maybe I should get something practical. Go. <laughs> like, I'll let you. I'd let you into the to my like society if you had like good art shit. Like I need that. Oh yeah, we need to keep people happy, man. Like I'd be, I'd be the like, official documentarian. Nice. Right? I give him a the story hat. of the history. <laughs> <laughs> Your official documentarian. <laughs> when we play some Kevin Hart on this uh, this TV that we're cranking for power. You know <laughs> Get the Netflix USB yeah. <laughs> out of the the treasure chest. Dude, the shit. Do, you don't remember the Book of Eli that movie? Yo, yeah. yeah. He had that one iPod. He had to keep it charged. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he'd go to places and pay them to keep the iPod charged to keep him happy. Like that was interesting. That to me. Was, I was like, yeah. wow. But oh. That's just kind of like that's literally just like a exactly what you're saying though. Like we need that as like humans. You know, we need like stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, but the baby boomer. 
just angry at everything. Because <laughs> the 20s were rough, man. Yeah. 20s were like, there was nothing, there was no entertainment besides Monopoly. That's why Monopoly was created, actually, is because uh, they didn't have any real money. So they, they made Monopoly uh, and they would have people come over to their house and they would just like sit there and like... And feel rich. For yeah, they, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I won. I'm rich. <laughs> I'm the richest. You guys suck. <laughs> and they were like, they had the soup kitchen stuff. They'd all go to one place to get their food. Like it was yeah. rough, man. Um, I mean, that was like a really bad time for America. Um, and you saw what happened to them. Like they just, that whole generation doesn't seem... It's a different generation. Though. Yeah, they're not, there's not a lot of art coming from that time period. Yeah. Like what do we know about them? Prohibition? <laughs> They like there's not a lot that happened, gangster movies. Yeah, that's it. I mean that's old stuff too. I don't know if we have that good of access. Gangster movies were the '40s. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the gangster generation that was like the '20s with Prohibition, but yeah, I don't know. I think looking to the future, it's good to have the optimistic view and the pessimistic view, and yeah. you know, kind of we have a lot of visionaries to fill in the blanks. So. I like pessimism. It keeps me pre- it keeps me prepared, you know, for some yeah, shit to go down. <laughs> and the optimism keeps me going. So. How are we gonna figure this out? Like, what what would we do in that society? Like, okay, clearly, if we had a society, I'd have to be the leader. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> and we already there. have a war. <laughs> no, <laughs> what do you think I was gonna do? Like, oh my god, this, yeah, it's like I can't do anything else, so I might as well lead everyone. Rule everybody. Okay, let me ask you this: If you had to pick one post-apocalyptic weapon, what would you use? Like, if you had to make oh, it, weapon? Yes. Oh, we can make anything. Clearly, like at this point, I feel like you could you'd come up. I mean, with something. I would be the weapons merchant. You know, I'd be like, "Welcome, yeah, yeah. traveler. This is thirty coins." Yeah, honestly, I feel like <laughs> you know? if you a blacksmith, you'd be pretty fucking hel- helpful. Dude, I'm actually looking at starting doing me- metal smithing. So, That's like, nice. yeah, like the old school way. Like, oh, f- not li- not like full on like. Ting like ting like hammering stuff and like yeah. some some forge, but like not like like casting metal things and like taking like a uh, like you see a lot of people on YouTube take like a, a steel like wrench and then they like you know they put in their their forge and they heat it up and they turn it into some like big ass knife you know or oh, something right. yeah. you know kind of like altering things that are already made but I do want to like cast some metal stuff I'd probably go with something ranged honestly mm. something ranged that I can use in close quarters so like. Like um, you thinking like a bayonet, you know? Some, you <laughs> know, are you, sick. I fuck, I loved short spear with larping because like I could choke up on it and I can use it really well for defense. And then if they were at a good range, like I could just like like put it on yeah. the pommel and I could like reach you from all the way over I here. Respect that spear is you know, yeah, and you, and you could choice. throw it. Yeah, yeah, you could throw javelins in larping, so you'd have like throwing spears and shit. I remember so. with samurais and stuff, the spear was like the the high ranking level uh, weapon. Like yeah, normal like, samurais that have the swords, but if you were really high in the military, you'd get the the like the lance spear thing. Yeah, big, I, like th- that's like you know you can control a lot, especially you know. So I would I'd probably go with something ranged, you know, something I could uh, a I crossbow could, uh, maybe. Shit, <laughs> we've already seen that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had to hey man, no cheating in survival. How did you how did you make like we need we need weapons like so yeah like the first person to figure out like the first tribe to figure out guns would be really at, at an advantage. Well, I mean, else. there might be enough left. I mean, for everyone. In America, at least. Bullet-wise, like... Yeah. Because you got to know... You mm. have to have someone who knows how to make bullets. You have to have someone who understands how to keep guns Ammunition would be, would be more valuable than anything, honestly. Yeah. Or, or most one of the most valuable currencies. Have you guys ever played any, uh, any like, survival games other than, like, uh, Metro like, on... Or... Does, it's called Metro, but you use rifle bullets as currency. Okay, yeah. It's so based like, in the Moscow subway. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's wild. I used to play, like, um, like Ark... Survival, I've heard yeah, that. Survival evolved. Um, Rust. 
Right, yeah. um, the Forest. The wow. Forest is a good yeah. one. You go for the, the the games I've always like. All the games on the side are the ones you're playing. Like, yeah, I like the indie survival games. Um, so like those are you know you start off with like literally nothing. Like and like I like the Forest because it's like a survival horror game. You know, um, so like you your plane crashes and then like at the very beginning there's like a bunch of luggage everywhere and you have to search through the luggage. You need to find water. You have to drink and eat food. Um, like in that kind of scenario. I always got like the ranged weapon. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that would be like the best thing. And of course, like finding water and making like camp at that water and then like doing all that stuff that, that would be like not See, something I'd want to experience, but that'd be something that I would like definitely like go for. Like, I've, always, I've always liked reliability. So like, honestly, whenever I think about like these post-apocalyptic things, I'm always thinking like a good melee weapon. Because, yeah. like, I like being able to defend myself, like, no matter what happens. Yeah. Like, that's the most important thing to me. Like, uh, killing things is important. Like, but if I can't catch something because it's too far, I'm like, I wasn't meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if something gets on top of me or I'm not ready for it, like, the last thing I want to do is, like, I'm, I didn't have time to set up. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. That's how I always think about it. Like, I'd like to have a good, trusty weapon. A bat would be really easy to get. Yeah, zombie apocalypse, go for the melee, the, the bat. Uh, or, or bludgeon weapon. Sorry, that's what's yeah. called. Bludgeon. Yeah, yeah, man. Because everyone thinks like shit, like a machete or like a katana or something, you know? Because it's like cool. Yeah, it's gonna get stuck like a bludgeon weapon with you look a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Imprecise cuts. You look you, ridiculous. You want something to stun, you know? Something that you can uh, stun doesn't make a lot of noise and and it won't get you messy too. Because you got to think about it like cleanliness in the post-apocalyptic. Like that's very true. games don't really do that. They don't have like a wash system where it's like you're too dirty. You need to jump in a water source to clean yourself. You're more likely to to contract some kind of disease or something. Yeah, like being too. Di- to being too nasty too dirty and like you know if you get like a small cut and you're covered in dirt and like shit and other person's like blood and stuff like well now your cut's That'd infected be, wow <laughs> yeah. let's let's get you on that game design you know you know it's it's weird stuff games, I, that's why i was wondering about video because games are so elevated when it comes to the experience yeah like, it's just you know you're so involved because you're feeling everything that your character's feeling it's not yeah. just like whether you can relate or not it's just you're in it yeah. wait i'm sorry before we even get, how far are we, how long has this podcast been going we're at uh 210 Dang! Dude, what time did you have to get out of here? Did you oh, want to get going? Because we keep talking. Right oh, wait, what time did I say? That's <laughs> twenty-five minutes ago. Oh my god! Hold on. I don't. I don't want to like, like. I'm. I'm hundred percent in this hope. But like at the same time, I'm like, I can. I can understand. Mm. We gotta cut yeah, it out. That's a, well. It's a good call. It actually might not even. It might actually be too late now. So that's it's all. <laughs> Yo, sorry, whoever we just like no, <laughs> we screwed that up. Shout out <laughs> to that person on the podcast. No, it's like uh, um. It's still like, whatever, we're in this right now. He was like, it's my uh, wife's anniversary, you know, whatever. <laughs> She's listening right now. I love you, baby. It's all good. <laughs> She's agreeing with everything. She's like, yeah, you got to keep clean in the apocalypse. <laughs> tell, tell them, baby. Tell them right now. Um, but uh, no, yeah, so that, that would be the thing. Like, you know, um, man, I think about this stuff all the time because, like, I love camping, right? And I love adventure stuff. Um, but, like, the practicality of things, and I guess that's why also it's my, my quirk of, like, learning things, you know, is really good because, like, you got to learn how to do, like, some things, right? You got to learn how to, you know, you know, find food, water, uh, plants and stuff. That's why I, I always wanted to be in Boy Scouts when I grew up. And uh, Dude, me too. My parents told me, nah, right? Like, nah. can I join Boy Scouts oh, along with, you know, sad. with John, Ricky, and, and other Kyle? Boy Scouts? Nah, I ain't paying for that. And you're just like, damn. <laughs> who, who was your dad, man? Your dad seems like the most, like... Stereotypical <laughs> black dude, like he's like, yo, you like this basketball? Not really. Dribble it a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gonna because I signed you up for that team. You got practice in twenty minutes. So, like it's like, damn. 
Um, now he was, he was, my dad is, he has a lot of stereotypical qualities about him, but like, it's, it's all good stuff because it's like shaped me in the way, but like, he's very practical in that sense of like, just learn it yourself kind of thing. Right. And he, I think he, he raised me to get the exposure, you know, be exposed to these things so you can, you can choose for yourself. But like, yeah, man, uh, apocalypse stuff. I like, I, I love that stuff because it's like. The, the human will do the, the reason humans have survived so long is because like we will do crazy shit to survive right. more you know that animals don't have like um a lot of you know like a, a mother uh a mother like animal like defending its young will like fight to the death for its young but like humans have the capacity to like literally like leave their kid to survive you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. see that shit in movies all the time where they like you know it's like all kinds of like crazy stuff that humans will do to survive so it's like a weird like psychological thing of like like, what would you do? Like, how far would you go? And what would be your process for, like, that? Because you think of, like, The Walking Dead and, like, some... It shows, like, the backstory of, like, what they were like before the the outbreak, you know? And they, they were, changed. Like, yeah, they, how much they changed. And, like, you know, they were a pushover at a store. You know, he worked, like, as a courtesy clerk at, like, Kroger or something. And then, like, in the zombie apocalypse, he's, like, cutting people up and, like, yeah. taking people's stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, that weird change of, like, how far someone would go, what they would do. And, like, it's weird. I would, like, look at people sometimes and be, like... Uh, in an apocalypse setting, I'm just like, I wonder what kind of person you would be. You know what I mean? It's like, really interesting. Yeah. That's it's, it's weird. I, to be honest, that's actually how I choose my friends a lot of times. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> like, would friend. you be in my party, or would you be like in a warring party? Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think specifically apocalypse. I think about that a lot for fun. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'd have this person be my security defender, like because she's like really resourceful, so she'd be, like set up a perimeter or whatever. Right. Uh, I do that for fun all the time. I feel like a lot of like nerds do that. It's like a yeah. pastime of ours at this point. <laughs> we think about that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, but it's just like I definitely think uh, about my friends as like if things got really bad, like how quickly would they turn on me? Mm. If I feel like I can't, like if I feel like I can't trust them, like if I feel like it'd be like a, oh, I don't know, you know, Josh, I didn't see you there that one day. And all of a sudden, I'm getting put up on like the chopping block for some shit. Dang. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the type of shit. Like I really like. I'm like I don't trust that guy. And like I take it to that extreme almost immediately. Like no, like yeah. You gotta ask you no. So you gotta ask yourself that question with people. Like if shit hit the fan, would you have my back? A hundred percent. And like that's like you said. Those are the people I surround myself with. Those are the people that I like. I feel confident because there's obviously people that I that are like you know that, that I fucks with. You know we cool. You know I, I see you out in a bar. I'll buy you a drink. You know, we cool. We'll go to a party. We'll hang out. But I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm just like, you know, if shit really were to go down, I'm like, yeah, you're just you're kind of I'm a guy. To you. I'm aware of you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm I'm aware that you might not be the best choice in my apocalypse party. You yeah. know I got I got you. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I'm gonna be fighting for who who should die. Like I want to be fighting for like remember Hawkeye and. Uh, no, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I want, I want, I want like, friends like that. Like, yeah. Like, nah, man, let me go. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like that, the cleanliness stuff you were talking about before was really interesting. I was actually uh, reading this book by Che Guevara on mm. protracted war. It's about how to conduct guerrilla warfare. And the number one thing he mentions is like keeping your boots clean and having clean socks so you can like conduct your warfare. So, mm, like, yeah. the post apocalyptic stuff, and a lot of it is just logistics, like how to get a cook that can really cook. Right. how to cook for your camp. And a little bit is like picking your party, getting like the, you know, a loyal group and certain, you know, structure of like who's in charge of who and how it communicates and everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really kind of post-apocalyptic. And like, you know, you use the weapons that your enemy uses because you can use the ammo and all the, you know, parts mm-hmm. to repair and stuff. <clears throat> but yeah, it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of like lessons on how to conduct apocaly- apocalyptic activities from what we already experienced. You That's know. 
Yeah, I used a little uh, paranoid side of me when I first got, like, started driving back in, like, uh, high school and stuff. Like, I used to have a uh, a big bag in my trunk, and I took that bag everywhere, and that was, like, my, my caretake bag or whatever. And that had, like, an extra pair of shoes, mm-hmm. like an old worn-out pair of shoes, a socks. Uh, it had deodorant, a can of Axe in it, like Axe <laughs> body spray. It had, like, a toothbrush. It was, like, literally, like... That's smart, though. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, you broke down on the side of the road, and you're, like, in the wilderness kind of shit, like here is your bag kind of thing and like i had that bag for like forever and like i kind of stopped doing that maybe i should now that i think of it um but like all the listeners you should all do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was just like that paranoid of like if shit were to go down like am i ready to sometimes something happens to your clothes you gotta change i've used it a couple times yeah you like spill stuff on your shirt or like i've gone like you know pouring ass rain you know and like uh instead of being in soaked clothes i was like oh let me go in my care bag i have an extra shirt and pants in here you know Mm -hmm. it's cool yeah wow i fuck with this a lot (laughs) (laughs) i just like i got a the actual so we gotta get the fuck out of here all right time to end the podcast we've been we've been running this podcast under like the the guys at someone else's place (laughs) 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 but uh yeah man i guess uh, what what can we say to close that one out i mean oh kyber team 100%. 100%. If you want to join yes. Kyber, how did they do that? Yeah, if you want to join Kyber and get your hands dirty in some uh, lightsaber combat, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just Kyber Combat, spelled K-Y-B-E-R-C-O-M-B-A-T. Uh, we have a public group. We have an Instagram. We also have a YouTube. We post videos. Meet us twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays at Warlord Combat Academy in Irving off Peters Road. Uh, we meet from 7 to 9. Wednesdays we do classes, and Saturdays we have ranked fighting matches. I've seen you guys ranked. before, actually. Ranked. Yeah, now there's there's a time when I was getting ready for my last fight or the fight before I can't remember, but I was actually running outside at this park over here. Uh, yes, we used to be at the park. Yeah, I was I was running and I saw all these guys with lightsabers. It was nighttime. I was like listening to music oh, and I was like, and the thing it was hilarious because like I, okay, so it was nighttime. So I was shirtless because like I didn't want to. I usually don't go shirtless. I, I'm fair. I'm not a douche in the daytime, <laughs> but at night, you know, I'm like no one's here. I can do whatever I want, right? right. So. Right. I'm doing it, but I see these guys with lightsabers, like, living their best lives. And I was just like, oh. And there was the one time in my life where I was like, I feel like the nerd for being, like, in shape. I was was like, because, like, you had to run through them because they were on top of this, like, the end of this hill I had to run through. And as I did that, they all stopped practicing, like, waited for me to go through. And I was just like, ugh. Like, you know, (laughs) like, jogging through. Like, please don't look at me. It's like how the average stormtrooper feels. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck, boss. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Kyber team and what else? What else? Where, where else can we plug you at? Like, what else do they know? Oh, yo, find me on um, Instagram, JK for Reels with the Z. It's uh, a Beast Boy photo now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think right now is a Beast my Beast Boy photo. Um, yeah, I post all my uh, cosplay there as well as all of my just art, entertainment, creative stuff. So. Hey. All right. Yo, so I guess we're gonna cut out. That was the first episode of the new decade. Yeah. That's a lot that's the longest episode we've ever had, too. Oh my new God, record. Man. Yeah. yeah 220. Most, yeah, three, you kept us out, like you kept us kind of interested, man. That was that was good. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we covered a lot. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have to just listen to it. Sort it out. All right. Sort it out, bud. We're not, we're not worried about it. Yo, so y'all have a great one. Uh that was Kyle Mason. Uh that's good. and my boy Sam. Yep, I'm Sam. Sam Perel. Harold. <laughs> but close I respect the attempt <laughs> And Josh And uh, yeah We just finished our eggnogs And we're out of here y'all How we doing Peace